Seinfeld, the Merv Griffin show is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now here are the two guys who also do a talk show from very smelly chairs. I'm Rob Sestrini. Here's the Keeve Winnegar. Keeve, how are you? Oh, my like air and fan broke. Oh, no. Like the power went out here. So you can't even like you, you made a joke about smelly chairs, but it's true. You don't even want to know. It's true. Yeah, like I'm I'm reaching levels of sweat right now for this podcast that by like two hours from now, it's going to be like a pool in here. You oh, don't my even God. Know. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, and you don't want to do the standing desk. It's not my thing. Standing doesn't help. It doesn't help. No, I mean, I'm sure it would help. I'm sure it would, like it would actually like save my life, but I'm not really willing to stand. What you need is like some sort of a hammock desk where I feel like that would sort of be cool. I think that probably seems like uh, you have like some airflow there. That might help. And just get like the microphone set up right next to you. I, my work chair is a recliner. So I like my feet don't even touch the floor most of the day. Mm-hmm. That's nice. You're walking on air. Like, yeah. It's, but then like your foot literally falls asleep after like an hour. Like you have, you have to get up to like get food or go to the bathroom. And it's like a 10 minute process. You have to like slap your foot awake and mm-hmm. you feel like a 90 year old man. It's not good. I, I this might this is probably not sustainable as like, a, you know, <laughs> as like a 60 hour a week every week for the last five years thing. Like, I feel like it'll, it'll come to a head at some point soon. You'll hear about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Keith, we're talking about the Merv Griffin show and uh, definitely some uh, crazy stuff going on here where Kramer has built the Merv Griffin show set in his apartment. I was trying to look at pictures or find YouTube videos of the Merv Griffin show set. I don't know if the Seinfeld uh, art direction was faithful to the Merv Griffin show set design all the google images are of the seinfeld merv set for the most part yes or you know there's some in black and white but uh from what i did see there i don't think there's a sign that says like the merv griffin show but it does seem to get the color scheme and like the chair situation well they definitely paid attention to it and and you know and it's not the it's not like they actually had the the access to the physical set but i think they actually According to them, they did a good job, okay. according to the set designer. All right, there you go. All right, so we're going to talk about that and then uh, everything else from this episode, Keeve. Uh, anything else going on in your world? How you been? I've been good. Um, we haven't spoken in like 10, 11 days, probably like the longest we've gone without talking in three years. Yes. Uh, that is that right? Yeah. What did we do the show on Monday of last week? Yeah, Monday of last week, and this is a Thursday. I don't even remember. Every, everything's such a blur. Yeah, it, it does. Like it does really mush together. And drinking boxes of wine all this time. Yeah, it's hard. I feel like every time you have a kid, your memory really gets worse. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, at this point, you know, I, I it's hard to really dis, you know distinguish between this and like season three of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Keith, I was uh, streaming this episode uh, earlier today, and uh, there was a commercial for the uh, pregnancy test. And uh, they were like, uh, they were, I, I forget which pregnancy test it was, but everybody in the commercial uh, is so happy. Like, uh, it, it's always in every pregnancy test commercial, it's always a yes. And everybody's always like really excited. Like, there's never like the person, yeah, I'm not even saying like the person who gets a yes and is depressed, but why don't they go with the person that's like, they got the pregnancy test and it's a no when they're happy? Like, oof. Oh man, yeah, dodge like the more bullet. of a few, right? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, one more month. <laughs> like, I'm not even like saying like, let's go dark, and somebody is pregnant and they're unhappy about it. But I feel like that would that would be bad for the pregnancy test to show, like, hey, like, uh, go back to enjoying yourself. You're not pregnant. 
I feel like, <laughs> what would that be an ad for? The, the pregnancy, pregnancy test? test? I mean, you still need the pregnancy test. It's like, yeah, you were worried, but pff, like, uh, be at ease now. You're not pregnant. Um, I, I, then Clearly. you're really marketing the pregnancy test to like the fellas, I think. And they're not the ones buying it for the most I think part. there's a lot of women that uh, would be happy <laughs> to be not pregnant. What if what if there was like a pregnancy test that advertised as like 85 percent? No, it's not 50 50 for us. We'll give you a no most of the time. But I mean, just if the test says no, it doesn't mean you're not pregnant. So right. But, you know, it's it it gives you like momentary relief or something. I I would say commercials aren't really like setting trends in terms of original content. It's hard to really, you know, um ask too much of of the uh, marketing campaign for a commercial to really go the other way and there's there's no upside and the only downside is you get like protesters outside your office protesting what people are happy that they were you know they weren't trying to have a baby why is it because that just promotes what just sort of like uh anti like babies are are you are you anti-babies i'm not anti-babies but i am a pro you know uh free time Pro free time is that what? You're? Yeah, uh, I think there's a big market of people who pro are pro choice in terms of like choosing what to do with your time and not having it monopolized by your children. Right, like I just want you know my my whole day is just like uh, do this for me, do this for me. I want this, I want this. So you should be like an abstinence ad guy. You should be like, well. Yeah, I mean, this was Rob before he had kids, and like, and then it's a picture of you just right. like in the park juggling and this is rob now and it's like you harried like cooking dinner while you know dealing with two kids and you know i mean it's a fantasy <laughs> hey, look, world, obviously that's look not i'm not saying anything bad about my kids uh, that uh i like them but you know we don't need you don't mm-hmm. need more of them i mean listen we've all got the negative pregnancy <laughs> test and done the like the few thing or at least done the math like all right what's what's you know 10 more months from now or something yeah i just think that there's a market there for you know for somebody okay all right so that's what I saw. This is a commercial during. We don't need to necessarily podcast about the commercials I watch uh, when we do uh, Seinfeld recaps. But yeah, when uh, I said what's up, with, what, what have you been doing the last ten days? I assume you've just been watching a lot of commercials. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Well, again, I, I'm on these uh, streaming sites. If I'm uh, like watching stuff on DVR, I'm fast forwarding the commercials. So um, not a, a lot of commercial exposure uh, to me. That is true. I do think like our children won't even know what a commercial is. Yeah. I mean, they'll know it on YouTube maybe, but they won't have like the funny, you know, uh, like Mr. Clean type guys, like the the serial commercials where it's mm-hmm. not not literally C.E.R.L., but the serialized commercials where you see the same guy for like years at a time. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Um, let's get into talking about the Merv Griffin show. And this is an episode uh, written by Bruce Eric Kaplan. Have we heard that name before? So this is the first episode he wrote of Seinfeld. B.E.K. Uh, if B.E.K., the great B.E.K. killer. Because uh, it kills a lot of episodes. The, the Bruce Eric Kaplan, if the name sounds familiar to you, maybe you're a ep- uh, watcher of Girls. It's one of the first. He's one of the first producers whose name uh, flashes on the screen after that show, the formerly former, you know, deceased show, mm-hmm. Girls. Uh, and other than Seinfeld, he wrote for Six Feet Under. Yeah. He he also wrote, he writes the only other show. episode. Yeah, uh, that's well, literally. I mean, people die in that show, especially in the finale. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, and. He the other episode he wrote was the uh, cartoon, and he is uh, also well known as a New Yorker cartoonist. So I, that you know, 
there's the connection there. There's that connection. Okay, uh, this is from November 6th, uh, 1997. And uh, this episode starts off with uh, Jerry and Kramer walking around. They're having sort of this conversation about how Kramer had borrowed Jerry's blender. And then uh, they're talking about how they're like Cain and Abel, but neither of them can really remember what Cain or Abel did. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of Bible conversations on Seinfeld. No, but uh, they're talking about it. And Kramer borrowed Jerry's blender to uh, make gravel. Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, that, you know, that's an automatic blender breaker, mm-hmm. the gravel. Yeah. Uh, are you blending a lot, Keeve? I don't even I'm sure we have a blender, but I wouldn't even know where it is. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think we have one because my son will like come into my office and close the door because it's too noisy for him. Yeah. A lot of times little kids like are bothered by super loud noises. I'm not blending. Like the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, they, my kids don't like the dust buster either. Keith, I'm, I'm not blending, but I have, I'm doing a lot of uh, uh, grinding up of the frozen bananas these days. Oh, you got your Juicero. No, 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 not, not a Juicero. No, Yo Nana. That's what I'm doing. I, I, I wouldn't have put it past you to have to have been like one of the guys who bought the Juicero. No, that's a, that, cool. I'm much too cheap for something like that. Anybody that knows uh-huh. me well. But you do know. like fun, like new new toys. But yes. I guess you don't like expensive. Yeah, toys. no, I don't like anything expensive. Like, uh, you know, I like something that's sort of like I do like gadgets and stuff like that, like the Sham Wow and, and Slap Chop. I've owned all those hmm. devices. But in terms of like, you know, some $400, uh, you know, uh, thing that squeezes a bag of juice. No, that's not me. Do, when I when new iPhones come out, are you usually like at the forefront of buying them or no? You know, I have been uh, the last couple of cycles, but uh, I think I might be out on that. I think uh, that, that like this this last one, I'm like, I mean, you're not like a lunatic who's waiting online for 24 hours. No, but, but I, I like uh, in the past, I've ordered them the next day, but. That you know, this is. I mean, this last one, I, I notice almost no difference from the previous one. Right. I I'm also going to guess that when the iPad came out, you were very early on that. You know, you seem like an iPad guy. No, no, that I really that uh, that I use the iPad really for the extent of like I have it hooked up to my sling box and I sort of just like walk around and have like a TV with me in like different rooms. But uh, I, I don't do a lot of stuff on the iPad. I prefer the full computer, full laptop. Yeah, the iPad is that is much better if you have little kids. Because the laptops, they'll break. They'll rip the keys off, especially right. if they're little. iPads are, are essentially like just the greatest kids toy ever invented. Yeah. So I don't think I had an iPad for for maybe like a year or two after they came out. All right. I, I don't even know you. I, I figured you'd be like the first guy in the iPad yeah. train. Um, but I, I was also probably, uh, you know, very poor also at that point. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, if the iPads came out, you'd be buying them by the truckload. Mm, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I have a uh, like iPad uh, mini even. And uh, that's fine. I just use it like I have like the baseball game on it or something like that. They're so fun. But ultimately, I think like we've rejected them as a society in terms of like as an essential product. Yeah, I can't do anything on them other than just having like another screen. You can't work. Yeah, them. no, you can't right. work on them. You can't really do work on, on the iPad. Yeah. OK, so Keeve, we see Kramer stumbling upon a dumpster with the set from the Merv Griffin show. Uh, Kramer can't believe it. Here's my question. Where was the set to the Merv Griffin show up until November 5th, 1997? Yeah, we got a lot of similar questions about that. What I had to guess, because uh, I think Amir points out that the show was in L.A. Mm-hmm. when it ends. So I, if I had to guess, I'd say that it got sold, you know, in some, some, you know, maybe someone who worked on the show took it home or Merv took it home or, you know, so, somebody took it. And then at some point was hard up on cash and sold it. 
And, you know, it was like on eBay or maybe what was be- whatever was before eBay, which was like nothing. A yard sale. Oh, Craigslist, maybe. And, uh, it, and eBay it got, was before uh, Craigslist, I think. They're both pretty early. Craigslist was really early on the internet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, either way, I think I, it probably got bought and then, uh, or maybe it was like in a, maybe they brought it out to some sort of Smithsonian thing and they, they realized like, oh, nobody cares. And they just, they had nowhere, they weren't going to like, it's, you know, thousands of dollars to ship it back to LA. So we're just going to throw it in the garbage and okay. then it ends up in the garbage. I mean, that's as good as anything. Yeah. Okay, so Kramer is going to uh, take that all in. I mean, the stuff is in like a uh, pretty good condition. Nothing is like dusty. They say it's smelly, but... But that's because it, it was in the garbage, not because it's 20 years old necessarily. Right. Nothing was like in disrepair. Nothing was broken. I mean, it's like a glass coffee table. Uh, and there's a cigar that Kramer thinks is Merv Griffin's cigar, but probably yeah. wasn't. I mean, that would really lend like to the theory that it was in really you know good shape in one piece, maybe in a museum or somewhere they're taking care of it. Okay, so we end up then seeing George hanging out with this date. What is this woman's name? Miranda? Miranda. Miranda. She's horrible. Um, I have no idea why George continues dating her past five minutes into this episode. Yeah, there's about eight points in the episode, you're right, where the obvious move for George is just to say, all right, bye. Like he knows that he has a new girlfriend every other week. Jerry has a new one every week, basically. There's he, he yeah. At this point, he has to know this is just a walk away. Like once you get to the ridiculous point of like paying for the squirrel and and he's still not getting any as he says, it's absurd. I mean, there's no reason why this relationship continues. That you know she is not this beauty where you know she's probably not in the fifty of George Costanza's most attractive girlfriends. She's not nice. She's not funny. She's not rich. She's not. And there's nothing to keep him bonded to her. He has, as you pointed out, a new girlfriend every single week, and she's a psychopath. I don't understand what the attraction is. Are you saying all animal rights activists are psychopaths? Is that your take right here? No, but this woman that is making George spend a fortune to resuscitate a squirrel, which was not a pet of his or anyone's, that at that point, I think he should just say, you know what? I'm going to cut my losses. Yeah, cut his losses. At least send the bill to her house. I, he also, like, if she loves animals so much, she should be offering to pay for this stuff. When when they, you know, later in the episode, when George has time with the squirrel, she's not even interested in going in. The, like, she's just doing it to sort of make sure George is there, like that he doesn't leave. You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't even go in the room. She's not even, you know, concerned with the squirrel's health. Meanwhile, what happens here with Miranda is that George is telling her how he spilled a smoothie in his car. She's able to identify it was a banana smoothie. Uh, again, frozen bananas to keep, don't spill. Just uh, yeah, very on very on topic with what we were just talking about five minutes ago. Yes, and um, George ends up running over a bunch of pigeons. Uh, that Miranda's horrified, and he wants to know where they're eating. Okay, so we end up going back to uh, Celia. That's Jerry's uh, new girlfriend, uh, and uh, he's talking about the saga of Joseph Garnish. I feel like that this is something that is often talked about uh, in the Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David works of how things got named and whether there was a person with that last name. Uh, I'm thinking of the Cobb Salad as well. Yeah, Cobb Salad, Pat mm-hmm. Pumpernickel. I just made up Pat Pumpernickel, but I feel like that was a guy. You, you could just tell people. Like, did you see the episode of Seinfeld where they talk about Pat Pumpernickel and how he Yeah, most bread? people. Yeah. Right? And you say, oh, and if they say no, say, oh, I think it was a curb. And then they won't, they won't call you on that. <laughs> yeah, just go with it. 
Uh, so they're talking about uh, Joseph Garnish. And so uh, Jerry sees that Celia has an amazing doll collection, uh, one that might almost rival uh, Susan's, of all of these expensive toys, antique well, toys. Well, Susan, yeah, Susan just has dolls, which are creepy, right? She has fun toys. They're old toys, but at least they're toys. You could do something with them. You could do something with them. I guess her father was a collector, but then he had died. Jerry just wants to play with the toys. Uh, She says no. There's a little bit of like they're trying to play with that. um, It's uh, almost like dialogue of that. he. There's a double entendre here. Right, 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 right. Um, and uh, that she is saying no, but Jerry is keep uh, he keeps trying. Right, she wants to make out with him. He just wants to play with the toys. Mm-hmm. All right. So over at Elaine's job at Peterman's uh, play company, uh, we see that Elaine has a new coworker. His name is Lou Filerman. Yeah, Filerman maybe. Filerman, and uh, that he just sort of like sneaks up on you, and he makes Elaine spill her coffee. Uh, and gives her a Fidel Castro-looking coffee stain. Yeah, which doesn't go anywhere. It's mentioned one more time, but it's, you sort of think that's going to be a plot point, and it's not. Right, I don't really see it on the... Like, it's very... Especially when she gets to monks, it's very hard to see even the coffee stain on her shirt. And so, um, uh, that who is this guy that Elaine deals with who's telling her that she says uh, isn't very helpful, that's saying that, uh, like, oh, that's Lou Filerman. Walter? Walter, that's his name? Okay. He's just a guy, yeah. He's around a lot. Yeah, we see Walter. Yeah. Okay. So at Monks, Jerry is getting the update from George about the pigeons, and they're talking about the deal. Keith, do humans and pigeons have a deal? I do think as we've chosen to live together, especially in Manhattan, we've chosen to like, you know, uh, we're sort of like the land people that are the air people, and we've sort of chosen to live together. You know, occasionally they'll poop on a person, but I think we live in harmony for the most part. Right. Mm-hmm. New York City is like a lot of cities have pigeons, but I feel like New York City's famous for its pigeons. The pigeon lady, um, you know, the star of Donald Trump uh, vehicle Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we <laughs> New York is known for for its pigeons. Yeah. And so they're supposed to move out of the way. Keith, have you ever encountered pigeons that aren't moving out of the way? There are some stubborn animals in like lower Manhattan, especially. But it's usually the squirrels. The squirrels in, in like the lower side of Manhattan are like. They're like next level aware. Mm-hmm. They're they're like they like stare you down. They're not afraid of people like normal squirrels. Yeah. Uh, so, but the pigeons, I feel like, are are just pigeons everywhere. I've noticed a lot of squirrels that are sort of um, they are not they are not backing down. Like sometimes they no. Like I stare think that, I, I think they've thirty years ago. I think every squirrel backed down. Like I do think the squirrels are amassing some sort of like uh, coup against us. Like they see what's going on. That you know they're they're gonna swoop, they're gonna swoop in soon and take over the world. I think the squirrels. Yeah, I do think that they know what's up, and I'm very concerned about what's happening uh, with the squirrels. Like they it, might be way smarter than we could even imagine. Like they right. might be able to read the newspaper and stuff. Right. Like I know uh, there was the Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Birds, but uh, the squirrels I think is much more terrifying. Yeah, the birds. At the end of the day, you could just sort of like. Uh, I mean, you know, they they could fly away, but you could shoot them if they get close. Like mm-hmm. the squirrels, who knows where they're hiding. That's tough. They, they look like they're up to no good. They've been hiding all these. They've been like funneling away these acorns. Yeah. They might just have like an acorn like uh, earthquake at some point. Right. They might, they, they might rain earth or acorns at one point. Like I don't trust the squirrels. They'll look at you. They'll make like really good eye contact, mm-hmm. like better than a baby. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't trust these squirrels. Maybe we should like start taking them out before they take us out. Uh, I don't think it's we're declaring war on squirrels. Okay. 
Jerry ends up asking George if Miranda has cooled. Uh, George says that uh, he's getting nothing. And Jerry says, uh, me neither. Um, and George is confused because Jerry had said that they slept together. Jerry says that the sex is wild, but she's got an incredible toy collection and she won't let me near it. Yeah. Sex uh, is wild. And were, yeah. And and I believe it's mentioned later that it's going to be their third date. So this is very early in the relationship. I mean, Celia. Celia, you're breaking Jerry's heart. <laughs> well, yeah. Let and, him play and, with your toys. And, and just like that, yeah, that uh, George is asking if that's if that stain on Elaine's shirt is Art Garfunkel. So that's right. Yeah. I didn't, so even, I didn't even plan that. That's yeah. right. OK. Um, so this new guy at Elaine's job, Jerry identifies him. He's a sidler. Keith, have you ever dealt with a sidler? I don't think so. You deal with the in-your-face people more, like the close talkers, but the sidler, especially the sneak-up person, I don't know how much experience I have with that. Right, right. Um, I don't know if I have had that. Um, you know, uh, Tyson is known for sort of like a, he'll like hide and then sneak up on you and like scare you. That's a different thing. Yeah, well, there's also like the getting in your personal space type thing. That That's, mm-hmm. you know, some people do that. And so he even scared Elaine when she was singing the song from The Lion King and making a cup of soup. I mean, can he sidle like with opening a door? Because she could close the door to that office. That's possible. That's possible. Or put like a bead curtain uh, there. Jerry uh, then and the next scene is him and Elaine are walking back to his apartment. He says that uh, the making the cup of soup was more embarrassing than singing the Hakuna Matata Keeve, did Cup of Soup make your 30 soup rankings? You know, it didn't, but I used to love uh, Cup of Soup. Not the brand Cup of Soup. This isn't a free ad. Just like the, you know, just the generic like soup cups. I, I really love them when I was a kid because I don't want to cook, but I knew how to use like the Poland Spring hot water to fill up my yeah. soup. I uh, famously almost burned down my uh, my dorm in college because I put one in without the water and pressed 10 instead of one minute. Oh, no. And left the room. Yeah. <laughs> and when I came back, all the security guards were there and the room was smoky for the rest of the school year. <laughs> um, but but uh, see, it's been so long. I, I told that that it's still in like week six of the podcast, probably. But yeah. Who remembers it now? Like five years later. Yeah, that's um, the the uh, what's it called? So I'm pro cup of soup. Yeah. You know what? It gets a bad rap. I also think it's kind of like you see articles. It's like the worst thing that you can eat, I think, uh, between the sodium and uh, uh, the sodium. It's like 100 and it's also staring right there because everything's like on the package right there. It's like 180 percent of your sodium saturated fat. Like they actually it's like a guy who has a triple digit jersey number like they can't even fit that right. amount on the on the nutrition facts i do think trump is going to get rid of nutrition facts soon oh. that's what i've been reading so like no just i think in restaurants but that would be nice i feel like i'd eat much healthier if he got rid of the nutrition facts you would eat much feel better about myself yeah. i feel better you about would myself. have more peace of mind <laughs> yes okay so that's really what they should uh market that and say like ah people are getting depressed yeah what does it do like you know what's healthy and what's not we could figure this out on our own mm-hmm and so uh, like, why does it have to be right on the product? You could Google like, you know, put it on your website. We'll Google if we want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that there should be an app. Uh, just put the barcode there. That's yeah, nutrition. Fine. We should do that. Nutrition facts app. And, and we will lobby for the nutrition facts to be taken off of food. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like McDonald's will be like right on our side. Well, we'll keep, have we'll have big fast food. right I, there. I don't want any part of this. I, I need those facts. No, this is great. You will use the app. Listen, you're going to have so much money. You'll have with this app. You'll have four yeah. people to tell you what the facts are. I already you have, have a guy. It's his job. Yeah. You have the nutrition facts app. No, but I have like uh, I do my uh, my fitness pal. And then I scan. Mm. Are they a sponsor? Stuff. No. Of this podcast? No oh, we don't do free ads on this show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pay up, my fitness pal. 
But I, I do think, yeah, a cup of soup, even though it's delicious, I would eat it every day if, uh, you know, I wouldn't feel it's, terrible. It's so good. The MSG, which uh, when I was a kid, they said was really bad for you. And now they say it's not so bad. Yeah. So like my my mom would always be like, you only have like one a month or one a week or something. But it's so good. You, you, I, I, By the way, this is like a dirty secret. Wow. I would eat two sometimes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like not 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 like at a time, but I'd have one and like two hours later, I'd have another. And then my mom would come up. I would eat them upstairs like if nobody was home and, and nobody made dinner. My mom would like come upstairs and I'd have to like hide one because you don't want her to see that you ate two. Then then it's like, all right, this guy's a disaster. Yeah. So you put one in the other one and nobody like can tell that, you know, it's just stacked. Like you don't you're not unless you're really paying attention. You don't realize that there's there's two there or like, uh, you know, like. Literally, I'd like throw them behind my desk and then forget about them until six months later when like the cleaning lady found. It's also very tempting because they're like ten cents. They're so cheap, <laughs> they'll like fill you up. They won't. It's not like a meal, but it's like you know two thirds of a meal. Like it, it's and it, they're always good. You get the different flavors. I don't like the ones that have the packets where you spit. You have the fake peas and the fake carrots. Do you know those? Oh yeah, well, that's in a packet. You've never seen it in the packet. Like you have to open a little packet inside the cup of soup that has like the fake peas and the fake carrots. Oh no, I, I, they, I, they should be out. They should be out in the in the styrofoam cup. Some of them are out, but I, I but I, I back in the day, I don't know if you've had any recently. Back in the day, they were out. Now I think they're more in, and then you also have like the. The, the flavor packet that you have to pour yourself. Yeah, but I think I'm that's eating a cup of soup because I, yeah, I want to do as little as little work as possible with this with this cup of soup stuff. Like, don't make me open a packet and pour it in. You guys do that. I'll take your I'll take your you know, I'll trust you guys to do a good job. Yeah. OK. All right. Well, one day when uh, maybe at the finale, we'll hand out a cup of soup to everybody who's there. That's right. That's actually a good thing. And then like we don't have to feed people because everyone will be full. <laughs> yes. And they'll just go home and take it like, oh, I'm so tired. That's but we'll have like a hot. I, I feel like in Seinfeld fashion, we'll have like a hot water urn and someone will get like horribly burnt. Yes. Like it's called. I was going to say that if they really wanted to drug Celia, I feel like one of those uh, cup of noodles, uh, styrofoam cups, that'll do the trick also. That'll knock you out. I mean, if you pour so if you put like something in it. Well, no, just like uh, that, you know, that. That, uh, you know, 10 uh, year old pasta that you're eating. That, that'll uh, Right. Or, you know what? First course before the turkey, you do that and then the turkey and she's out. She's <laughs> snoring by dessert. Yeah. All right. So uh, we see that Jerry and Elaine go into Kramer's apartment and they've got the Merv Griffin uh, set all set up. Keeve, at the time that you saw this episode, uh, did you play around at all with a talk show where you lived? Well, I, I think uh, my friend revealed this on the 100th episode podcast uh, that we used to like have sleepovers and we do a whole fake WFAN uh, sports radio mm -hmm. uh, radio show at nights. Vaguely, I remember. So, yeah, so he spilled the beans on that. Um, but yeah, so we wouldn't do a TV show. Uh, but we would do Mike and the Mad Dog, mm -hmm. and our third friend uh, would be um, would be the update and like the twenty twenty flash weather, all those things. He would get all the side jobs. He was the Minko. Yeah, um, not necessarily right after this episode, but within a couple of years. Like I had an idea of when I was uh, renting a house in college, and there was like one really big bedroom in mm. the uh, in the house that I had been renting. And then in the second year I lived there, I ended up getting the really big bedroom. And I sort of like wanted to build a talk show set there. And the idea was to sort of like go out to the bar and then like uh, convince women to come back and be on the talk show. Like uh, I had like <laughs> I had like another friend who was like going to be like the band leader. 
and we would sort of have this. Uh, it was called uh, After Hours was the name of the talk show. And were you videotaping the convincing part or no? Well, we're not like uh, bringing like a camcorder out to the bar. Right. You would have had to bring a big camera in. Right. And did you ever get someone back? No, no. We never ended up. Uh, it never uh, were worked. there any, were there any episodes of the show taped? No, no. It was more talked about than ultimately okay. something that we were going to attempt. So it to didn't do. have as many episodes as uh, Weenie and the Angry Puppy, which was the name of our radio show. <laughs> no. The Mike and the Mad Dog spinoff. <laughs> Who were you? I'm Weenie. My I, name is Weeniker. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. You had a nickname. It's another nickname. Weenie and the Angry Puppy. I mean, yeah, that, every, everything was weenie related when I was, you know, like 11 and 12 and stuff. You're the man of a thousand nicknames. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would hope that that childhood friend uh, correspondent Andrew does not have any tapes of, of those years, but it wouldn't shock me if he did somewhere. OK. All right. So Jerry is really besides himself uh, as to what Kramer's done. Uh, he's asking, how did you get all this stuff in here? I mean, it's like you have to sort of like really rack your brain. Like somehow Kramer's apartment has become like three times as big. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like Shlomo and Lomez and all those guys and, uh, you know, all, all his buddies that we never see were involved because it, they had to like break down the set to bring it back in. Like they physically had to break some of this stuff and rebuild it for sure. Mm-hmm. So he's got a big crew. Uh, a bunch of Teamsters helped out with uh, getting this set up over. Is this Kramer's a union office. show, Kramer show? I think so. I think it's got to okay. be. Got it. And so Jerry ends up leaving because uh, that the phone rings and then Elaine is like the first guest here on the Kramer show. Yeah, she's sort of excited to be on it first. Yeah. I mean, everybody is a pretty good sport about this. Everybody's like, I'm not doing this, Kramer. Everybody just sort of, uh, you know, goes along with it. Right. I mean, Elaine, like most things, she's up for it at the beginning and then she sort of gets cynical about it. But yeah, they like at the end, like one of the brilliant parts about the episode, right, is that the animal handler guy, Fowler, right, asked the question, like, where are the cameras? But to them, it's like, hey, we're just really doing the show and we're we're kayfabing it, right? We're, like, taking it seriously as if it's a real show. There's also another point where Kramer is like, okay, uh, we're looking this way uh, when, we're, when we're talking, and, and they just right. go along with it. Nobody's like, I'm not doing <laughs> right, this, Right, you don't Kramer. see the other side ever. Right. So as a viewer, while you certainly assume that there are no cameras and there's no, like, he doesn't have, like, that assistant guy or anybody, that would have been funny if they brought the assistant guy back and he's, like, trying to videotape it or something. Yeah, but, but he got but, locked um, away. Yeah, the, right. He's still in jail. I don't think you could get him out and spring him for this. But the yeah, right. You don't know necessarily that there are no um, cameras. The, the issue I had here is that while the audience clapping and laughing usually doesn't bother me, it's actually very distracting because you're only seeing the 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 hosts and the guests and where you're used to seeing like the Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel audience that you almost never see. They're just clapping like on cue in the background. But you hear a lot of laughing and clapping here, so it's distracting. Like, there's a couple times where there's, like, a single clap, and you're thinking, like, or at least I'm thinking, like, is, is there, like, an audience? Like, what is going on? So I actually think they probably should have cut the audience a little bit from these scenes. At yeah, least the I agree. Part. I had the same note. I feel like that the laugh track or the live studio audience is very disconcerting because the idea is that they're doing this fake show, but to the audience, it's very much a real show and they're reacting as if it was a real show. So when there's a laugh, it's almost like it would be funnier and more awkward if there was silence, but because it's a joke, people are laughing. So, it's definitely sort of a weird thing. This is like something that would work a lot better if this was like a single camera show and they were able to film this and have it, you know, air as it was supposed to be where it's just a, you know, weird thing that they're doing a talk show, but it plays like a real talk show because of the audience. Now, should I tweet at Bruce Eric Kaplan? He's verified. He's got 
some followers, I think 15,000 ish followers. Should I tweet at him and say something to the, you know, along the lines of the Merv Griffin episode is great. But if I had to nitpick 20 years later, I think you have to cut the audience out of the the Merv scenes because it's too distracting. I don't know it's how you do that. tough to get it in even two tweets. I, I don't know how you do that because the show's filmed before a live studio audience. There's so much of this episode that takes place at the Merv Griffin set. Do you like shoot that after the fact? Do you just like uh, maybe like do you, uh, here's I guess how you would do it. Is, I think you cut the clapping. That's at least half a win. Yeah. Like, tell them not to clap and just laugh because that's what you're that's what you're used to hearing from the Leno Letterman Fallon audience. Right. Right. And I guess they were clapping. able to do it with like cutting down the Kramer entrances uh, when he's coming in. They were able to control that. I think that what you could do is uh, like uh, shoot it as the audience is sitting there and then shoot it again when they're gone. Yeah, you could do that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Or you or you could mute. I think there's ways to mute the audience probably also. Right. OK. So it didn't bother me as much in this scene as it does in uh, the next scene that we're going to. Yes. Up the there next scene that. is where it gets distracting. I just wanted to not forget. Yeah, it. It we're we're on the same point. page. <laughs> yes. OK. George goes to the park. Pigeons are not getting out of his way. Yeah. It's not totally clear what happens, but I guess he steps on them. OK. Elaine is back with Peterman and uh, she's handing in her work to Mr. Peterman, who happens to be reading the uh, 1997 uh, People, Most Interesting People of the Year edition. This is before people went full Kardashian. This is like people had like long form articles, a lot of true crime. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like all celebrity gossip. Okay, who were the most interesting people of 1997? Mm, Do you have a list? No, I was going to Google it. Most yeah, why, I'll guess while you Google it, okay? Okay. okay. Who you got? Uh, is Princess Die still alive? I feel like they love Princess Die. Let's see. I have the... Isn't Most Interesting People a Barbara Walters thing, not a People Magazine thing? Yeah. Almost Are they fa- ripping off Babs? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Barbara Walters, uh, 10 Most Fascinating People. I don't think they have a People uh, list. So uh, she does fascinating, right. and the, now they just do like good looking. All right. All right I'm going to guess Princess Die. All right. Hold on. Um, let me give you... Okay. Uh, Princess Diana. Um, well, I'm gonna say she might be dead. N- by this no, point. she well, she is dead. But no, they did not do it. Uh, posthumously. Uh, Prince William of Wales. Uh, okay, that's a good guess. That's I'm I'm in the right path. I'm gonna say Leo and Kate. Leo and Kate. Uh, both good guesses, but sadly. Hmm. What about Jimmy Cameron? James Cameron. Um, I, I don't believe anybody associated with the Titanic no, came well, out again. Keith, Titanic yeah. came out like December of ninety seven. Oh, so right. Okay, you're right. You're, I'm a month too early. You're, I'm you're too early. early. James okay. Cameron I, will be on the list for nineteen ninety eight. But you're, you're. Are you are you sure you're actually seeing? I, I remember. No, I remember that he is. Uh, Why would you remember that? Don't even admit that. Th- that the Titanic <laughs> came out December of ninety seven. Oh no 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 no. That, don't don't admit that he's on the next year's list. I, I, I'm on Wikipedia and I have the, the, the okay, list for fine. every but year. You said remember. I'm getting nervous. Yeah. Do you remember the ninety eight no. People magazine list? No. Is there an athlete on the list? Um. I would say, yeah, oh yes, most definitely. So George, MJ should be on the list, although he won, sometimes these things are seasonal and he won it six months before they yeah. make the list. No. So MJ's there. there. There is an athlete who is very much in the news now that is on the list. Mm. Oof. It's post OJ and I don't know if they'd have him as fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's a little, he's a little too negative. An athlete who's in the news now. An athlete who was front page news in 1997 and front page news 20 years later in 2017 right so this is fall okay this is i'm sorry this is winter 97 i'm thinking a little bit 96 um all right so i was gonna say the olympic people that's 96 um it's not jeter 
No, he is not too early for Jeter in 2017. He is old news in 2017. Not true. He just got married. Uh, That is that is like like he's still the most he's still the most famous baseball player. They said that is like the life and style section of the newspaper. Right. (laughs) They they did a uh, like hundred most famous athletes. There were no baseball players on the list. Mm -hmm. But if there was, it would have been like Jeter. Um, But it was also absurd. They said Phil Mickelson was more famous than Tiger Woods, which is insane. There isn't one person on Earth who's like a golfing fan who knows who Phil Mickelson is, who does not know Tiger Woods is. Yes. Not one. Like even Phil Mickelson's mom has heard of Tiger Woods more than she's heard of Phil Mickelson. And Um, can you give me a hint for the athlete? (laughs) You're right there, Keith. You're right there. Oh, it's Tiger. It's Tiger. It's 97. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Tiger for sure. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I was thinking four major sports, and I literally mentioned Tiger Woods. Yeah, you watch. Right the, all right, who else is on the list? Uh, the list. Madeline Albright, Ellen oh, DeGeneres, Michael Flatley, mm, okay. Kathy Lee Gifford. Ooh. Yeah, my Lord of the Dance. Mm-hmm. Kathy Lee, uh, Alan Greenspan, 90s. Elton John, okay, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. uh, Prince William, uh, Ian Wilmot. He's in uh, that, that he well, I guess was responsible for Dolly the Sheep and Tiger Woods. Oh, I was going to assume he was like. It was like make it like this was his. It's life. 1997. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dolly the sheep, <laughs> a British embryologist. Yes, that he made Dolly. I was the hoping sheep. he didn't even have a Wikipedia page. This guy. Okay. Um, and who else? The, 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 the Tiger was the last one. Ten most interesting okay. people. Uh, Peterman has an article about forty most interesting people. Uh, so Elaine hands in her work. Seidler comes up r- right behind her, and uh, he gives them both credit. Yeah. So he's real. He's really. It would be funny if his last name was actually Seidler, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a normal last name. I feel like people's last name is Seidler. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not that. It wouldn't be that uh, outrageous. No. All right. So here is the uh, big talk show piece. Kramer and Jerry are talking and Kramer is asking Jerry about the woman he is dating. And the issue is that he's been on three dates and he still can't touch the toys. Yeah. And I do think a lot of this is euphemisms for or double entendres for stuff. But mm-hmm. slightly uh, not as much here as it is. Uh, when no, and, and then they get away from it after this. It's like a lot in the first scene, a little bit here, and then they go away from it. Yeah, it's more like him. No, but the whole, I mean, her. the whole thing is like it is a parody of sort of date rape, if I could say that. Like, well, you know, we'll get to that. We'll 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 get there when we get to. Well, the I'm saying in game. hindsight that that's what they were going for. It's just hard to see in the middle of the episode. Uh, I don't know it, we're, we're, if they were going there. He wants to play with her toys, and she doesn't let him. She won't let him touch anything. And then he knocks her out and he can touch whatever he wants. I mean, I feel this is like- the same show, Keeve, that would that mm. Jerry would not let uh, him have a dream sequence of yeah. talking to his girlfriend's talking butt. butt uh, you know, yeah. I think that yeah. the, the double entendre ends at the point where they're going to start like knocking her out too. right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe maybe some, you know, Jerry's a moody guy. Maybe he's in a good mood one week and a bad mood another. Like, listen. It's there's a Look, small there's a very thin line from talking butt to full Cosby. Let me yeah, let me just say if anybody <laughs> on NBC must see TV is going to be knocking women out to have their way with anything at our house. Schwimmer. Yeah, it's not Jerry Seinfeld. OK, <laughs> yes. All right. Jerry, we know that you're a good guy. You wouldn't do that. Would not. All right. Uh, Jerry CBS move. No, I'm kidding. Jerry didn't have a G.I. Joe. He had an army. Pete Keith. Did you have G.I. Joe's? Yes, I had. I was I was more of a sports figurine guy, but I had a couple, you know, like you'd have like the the act like the starting lineup action figures. 
Yeah, you don't know what I'm talking about. I I know what you're talking about, but I, what can you do with those? Like like you have you like play a guy basketball has like, with them. Like, you had like a fake basketball game. Like yeah, uh, I would have like five guys on one, and I, you'd throw in some football players. I had a. I had like a Jordan and a bird and a magic. I had, they're probably worth like hundreds of dollars now if I could find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom probably threw them. And then like I had uh, Hulk Hogan and Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. Which ones? Like the he, the big rubber ones? The big rubber ones. They were much bigger than the than the than the football guys. They mm-hmm. were big. Those are probably worth a lot too. Yeah. And then I had a Keith Millard on the Vikings. I have no idea why. I don't know if like Chester subconsciously like stuck in my house and gave it to me when yeah. he was seven. Those big rubber wrestling uh, figures. Yeah, like, you those could, were fun. You could like throw them off your roof and like uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Happen. No, they wouldn't break. You could also have another friend and like sort of wrestle. At, yeah, like, like a their, tug of war with them. Totally. Yeah, those were good. Yeah. I, I I bet that Hogan is worth like a lot of money now. <laughs> Probably, but I think like you know, like the paint would rub off. Yeah, you know what? Well, anytime like I supposedly those things are only worth money. Also, if they're still in the box. Yes. And I certainly don't have anything still in the box. Yes. Well, that's what she's trying to say in this episode, right? Celia knows. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so uh, then we are getting uh, that whole story and uh, Jerry has the army Pete. Elaine comes in. She says that Seidler guy is getting all of the credit here. Uh, Kramer is uh, having uh, these conversations are on note cards. Yeah, I do love that. He has notes to talk to his friends. It's really funny. OK. All right. Uh, Elaine is going to uh, sidle the Seidler and she breaks out some wrestling shoes, which prompts Kramer to say uh, only in New York. I do love when he like looks at the audience and he and he has his lines. He, Kramer, Michael Richards is so amazing in this episode. Right. He does a really good job. But like the types of things where like, it's like only in New York, like it gets a laugh from the audience when it's just right. No. OK, that's not his fault. But I agree. It's insane. They, they really should have. It's a weird problem to have anticipated. But like when you're watching the episode, you realize like, oh, we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So George comes in and Kramer plays like the theme music. Why does it say on the theme music, turn tape off, turn music off? I'm not sure. The whole George, like George is the only person Johnny points at. George is the only person to get theme music. That's a little strange, too. Mm-hmm. Like, why doesn't everyone have the entrance music? But why what would your would theme say, music be if you came on a talk show? Um, uh, I don't know. Like, it depends, uh, I guess, what, <laughs> what talk show it is. I guess it would probably be like just the Survivor theme song or something. Yeah, or like the, uh, uh, like uh, Paul Schaefer on David Letterman used to use, like, uh, not like exactly on the nose, but like would do like the, uh, would do like something like a little bit different. Like uh, if you can do, um, you know, I will survive or Destiny's Child Survivor. Okay, like, like, or something with the word survive in it. Okay, right, that's fair. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, but why the tape would say turn tape off? It makes no sense. I'm not sure. I have no idea why that's in there. Okay. So George comes in. Uh, the pigeons did not move. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Kramer wants to change the subject. Doesn't want to hear about the pigeons. Um, yeah, no, Kramer, he's very like sticking to the script. I love it. Yeah. He Well, he tries to keep it very PC, uh, at least in the original uh, format of the show. Yes. Okay. Um, and Jerry has a really good line. He says, oh, I guess the pigeons are like everybody else and they ignore you. Yeah. Um, the, I'm trying to no, Yeah. Forget it. I'm going to, I have to Google when the Jerry Springer, <laughs> I want to Google when Jerry Springer stuff. Oh, I think I'm uh, curious how much, I'm curious how much of the end I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I am, I just got curious how much of this is like the second part is Springer related. Oh, it's totally Springer, Springer related. Sh- right. The Springer show like really exploded one year. It's hard to like, if you're like a millennial, it would be because I think the show's still yeah. on, but it was like very much in the zeitgeist for like, they made a movie. Zeitgeist. Do you remember the Jerry zeitgeist? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it had, I mean, it had already exploded. Yeah. Okay, fine. So I'm checking. It's like 95, 96. Yeah. Did you, did you see the Jerry Springer movie? 
like the one that was like too hot for tea. Oh no, I used to watch the one that they like advertised like late on. Like, wait, like, you would like right away for that? Somebody had it in college. Oh, I mean, that was like okay. all those tapes, like Girls Gone Wild, and like uh-huh. all these things that you had to order. Like somebody mm-hmm. in the dorm would order it, and, and it was then, a VHS then. Yeah, and the VHS, and you would just go to somebody's room, and they had it. Yeah. on. Right. I went to college post VHS, but like they would, they weren't ready with the DVDs of stuff like that. So right, do that. So yeah, there was like a Jerry Springer, like it's the hottest moments that are too hot <laughs> for TV, and it'd be like you know the biggest fights, or like somebody like was going to take their shirt off on the show. And right. Yeah. That, this is before. This you, was on a Channel Eleven on for real. Like you weren't seeing anything. Was he on Channel Eleven? I feel like he was on like Fox Five. No, he was on PIX. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, do you, do then you, they gave the security guard a show. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think yeah he might still uh, Steve. Uh, they, they might still both be on. Honestly. Yeah. Um, did you ever experience the Richard Bay show, Keeve? Remind me what that is. The Richard Bay show. I don't know if it was a national show, but it was uh, on. Well, we grew up in the same town. So yeah. We would have, um, have known. Yeah. And it used to be on like during the day, and it was like the most raunchy of those. Like WWOR, like they used to have. I mean, they'd have like the Howard Stern. Uh, That's show. nine. That's Channel, Channel Nine. Nine, right? Uh, they yeah. have like the Stern show like on Saturday night, so they would do like really raunchy stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. the, the Richard Bay show was like the, and they had like all these like sound effects and stuff like that, and and like they were like the, it was like the trashiest of any of mm-hmm. those shows. Like, yeah, I'm were, looking at him. It, it looks very familiar. I'm sure I watched it. Yeah. sure. I, I I know him. It's like ring a little bit of a bell. Yeah, and it, I feel like it used to. It started off. It was like on the level, and it just got like seedier and seedier. I feel like it was like some sort of like, uh, um, like, uh, like what's up, Secaucus? So like it started off like something. Right. Like, I'm, well, I'm sure Springer also didn't. He was like the mayor of Cincinnati. I'm sure it didn't start as as like you know like trailer park people in day one. Not there's anything wrong with the trailer park, but it was like the you know it didn't start as that. It just it became a freak show at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. Richard Bay show uh, just got uh, re- really, really, uh, uh, increasingly uh, crazy. I'm looking on Wikipedia. I probably haven't thought about this in uh, at the right. Years. And that's why I haven't heard his name. At the same time, there was Ricky Lake. Yeah. was also on, but she was she was a lot more tame. Montel uh, Williams was on every day, but that was more like inspirational, feel good stuff. Yeah, the Richard Bay show, according to Wikipedia, featured competitive events such as the Miss Big Butt contest, the mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Universe. He was too. <laughs> It was uh, too soon, yeah. Richard Bay. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it was really, uh, really out of control. I think they had also uh, Richard Bay, uh, the dysfunctional family feud, uh, blacks who think OJ is guilty versus whites who think he's innocent. Um, is that uh, uh, Chester uh, from the Hot Takeoff uh, could have uh, yeah. gotten on there? Speaking of whites who think he's Chester's white, right? <laughs> I haven't met him in person. Um, but well, that being said, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah, uh, the, uh, Richard Bay claimed his TV show was canceled in 1996 as a result of doing a program with Jennifer Flowers. Oh, so it went all the way to the top. Yes. The yes. Clintons, they were, they were burying bodies even then. They shut him down. They shut him down. Okay. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, 90s is the hotbed for a uh, trashy talk show. Bay, how many, I don't see, I don't know if this is Richard Bay's actual web, web, you know, Twitter page, mm-hmm. but it's a linked is blog. It has a hundred followers on Twitter, but it hasn't been updated in five years. So I'm not sure. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> Richard Bay blog. <laughs> you think Richard would come on for one of the last episodes of the Seinfeld podcast? Uh, I don't really know what the crossover is here other than Kramer had a talk show and Richard Bay has a talk show. Mm-hmm. 
listen, we're just going for big celebs and Richard Bay is the biggest. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, but Richard Bay show. Uh, yeah, that I mean, uh, anybody who knows what I'm talking about is uh, is probably like uh, re- remembering this fondly. And anybody who doesn't know uh, what I'm talking about is like, please move on. Yeah, they fast forwarded a few times. Yeah. OK. Uh, we see George. He's driving with Miranda and that she is uh, telling him, look out for the pigeon. He swerves, but he hits the squirrel. I mean, you can't even see the squirrels like they're so fast, like that you might drive and they're like start on the sidewalk and then you hit them and they're so low down. It's hard. It, it, you don't see a lot of squirrels being hit compared to other animals, but it's possible to avoid yeah. once in a while. You see squirrels get hit. They die. There's no squirrel that's right. like, oh, my God, I just got. Yeah, hit but it's been car, had traffic. Maybe he's going like 25 or something. I mean, you either hit them with a tire or you don't hit them. Right. Like what would happen? You like sort of sideswipe them and they go flying. Yeah. I mean, it's I, not I, I like hitting so. a deer. It's not like your bumper right. is going to hit no. the squirrel or like you sort of like the, um, you know, your engine parts like conked it on the head while it was. What if you just car. like ran over its tail or something, though? That's possible. I guess you could run over its tail. That's possible. I don't know. No, no, it doesn't seem like, like a hand. Do they have yeah. hands? Mm, yeah, they do. They do. Uh, I don't know, man. They're okay. gonna take over the world with those hands. I guess you could. I guess so. You like ran. George ran over like its hind quarters. Is what? Uh, is that what the issue is? I mean, they don't really. They don't really go into it. But it's a good question for B- the BAK killer if we ever get him on. Okay, Bruce Eric. All right. Uh, so Jerry is back with Celia. They're they're at his, her place, and uh, he wants to play with the toys. He's like trying to grab these soldiers. She says to him, "Hey, those hands don't stop." I'm sorry. Um, Jerry says to her, you want to just get some booze and get loaded? Yeah. I mean, is he just trying to get her drunk so she passes out? I think so. I mean, I think that we're still sort of in the gray area of double entendre. Yeah, we are. Like, hey, let's just get drunk mm-hmm. and see what happens then. Yeah. Like, okay. Jennifer um, gray area. That was another 90s talk show. Oh came boy. on after Richard Bay. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, she then says she has a headache again, still a double entendre territory. Uh, so... Then uh, she needs aspirin. So he finds one that may cause drowsiness. He gets her like Excedrin PM. I don't know anything about women, as we've established for 162 episodes. Sure. I don't think a woman on the second or third date is letting you into their medicine cabinet. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I know that's I mean, we've had Jerry sort point. of like clearly she's never seen any Seinfeld, Celia, because she would know like you don't let Jerry anywhere near anything in your bathroom. Maybe she doesn't have any fungicide in there. Yeah, maybe there's nothing embarrassing. That's true. Maybe there's no real like pills or anything, but. You know, he might knock a toothbrush in and then your relationship's over. Like anything could happen with Jerry in the bathroom. That's true. At least going with him. Okay. Um, Elaine is going to, you know, uh, sidle the sidler. So here's the sidler, Lou. He is handing in the work and uh, Elaine stands behind him and Peterman is excited to get it. But then he looks at it and says that this is drivel. It needs to be done right away and Seidler is gone. So Seidler is like incompetent, right? I mean, Seidler is an idiot. I, his work stinks. I don't he, like he came out of nowhere. I'm not even sure he really works there. I like, mean, where did he come from? Yeah, this is my big problem with this storyline is that, you know, it's not like he's a star employee at uh, Jay Peterman. I don't understand the links that Elaine goes to to sort of like, OK, I just need to keep him from stop sneaking up on me. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the point where later on in the episode, she, you know, Peterman gets mad at the Tic Tacs. And I don't understand why Elaine just doesn't say, oh, yeah, stop doing the Tic Tacs thing. Yeah, it's not clear. I mean, there's a hundred ways for Elaine to get out of this whole situation. And she never does it. It's the sitcom thing, right? You can never explain your way out of a situation because that's not funny. Right. So uh, we'll get there. Anyway, uh, we see Jerry playing with the toys while Celia is passed out. Keith, could you see yourself like uh, being like if you got access to a bunch of like uh, figures? I mean, would you be playing with them for a long time? I mean, I don't think I would play with them. I do think if I like went to the basement in my mom's house next time, now that I'm talking about these action figures, I do think I'd go through them and I would see what we had and maybe do a little inventory. But I certainly wouldn't play with them. If if my like three year old son was there, I would play with him with them. But I certainly wouldn't have any desire to play with toy i mean that's insane like mm-hmm. of course not i'm, right. I'm a grown-up right all right so george and miranda are at the doctor uh we see that there are two options for the squirrel uh either a very expensive surgery or they're going to put him to sleep it goes by the pound it would be 80 cents to put the squirrel to sleep yeah and what a what a uh george's choice for the uh cheapest guy on earth <laughs> i do love that they uh go through the process with him with putting him down they said well you know it goes by the pound so it would be 80 cents why would it go by the pound also <laughs> what an insane thing well that's how much of the stuff they need to give it i guess i guess i guess it's like how much medicine yeah yeah i mean you wanted to put a horse down i think that would cost a lot nothing more. costs 80 cents this veterinarian is going into business in a week i mean you can't charge it. There's no insurance back then for yeah, pets. You like, think there should be like some parts and labor? I mean, it should be at least like 30 bucks. It's insane. In Manhattan, to charge 80 cents. Like, it's not even a stick of gum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the point where George needs to break up with Miranda, right? Go to the Lycus zone. Yeah. Part, yeah. DTB. I, I, this is part, part one of like 30 where he should break up with her. Right. And says, so OK, I guess they have to order special tools from El Paso. It just there's no reason why George uh, should see this through. Yeah. And the vet wants to put the, the, the squirrel to sleep. He just doesn't want to suggest it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's weird to be a vet, probably. Yes. Why? You know, by the way, Akiva's childhood friend correspondent, Andrew's dad is a vet. Um, and I was thinking like if because you like if you bring a person in like not getting into insurance, but like if you bring a person to a hospital, they'll treat you right. Like you might owe a million dollars afterwards. Right. If you don't have insurance. But right. They'll basically I think most of the time. Right. They'll take care of you if you have an emergency with a pet. If like no one's willing to pay, then there's nothing the vet can do. Right. The vets. I mean, maybe do some pro bono, but like they're just like, OK, your animal's going to die. Like I can't you know, I can't treat them for free. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know enough about it. I don't know if they're like willing to, then they like put them in some sort of like a shelter or a pound where then like if somebody wants to adopt the pet, they can pay for the surgery. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I don't know that much about it. One of the scariest nights of my life, we went, we went after hours to my friend Andrew's aforementioned dad's, uh, uh, like vet, you know, offices, like the clinic. And we go downstairs and all like the dogs that are there, like for I guess they're all the sick dogs and other animals like you, the, the lights are off and you flick on the lights and you go down into this basement and hundreds of dogs start barking at you once. And these are sick dogs. Who knows? They might have rabies. Who knows what's going on? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know why you go to a vet. I assume if you have rabies, you go to I don't know. And and it's so scary. I was like petrified. It was the scariest thing. You like you think they're all they're all in cages, but you think they're going to like break out and murder you. Oh, my God. It was yeah. very scary. Okay. I wouldn't do it again even now. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. We'll, but uh, let's let's make that part. of. The Should finale. we take a podcast trip to uh, 
to like uh, <laughs> all the sick dogs. <laughs> why why are we interest. doing this? Why? I don't know. It's to scare people. Like it'll be on the Kenny Kramer tour. We'll do like it'll be a, the Kenny Kramer tour won't this? be Seinfeld stuff. Why is anybody Ken, doing this? Because the Kenny Kramer store tour is going to be like that's not your childhood be home. enough. Listen, the Kenny Kramer tour is like your childhood home, uh, my childhood home. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, we'll play with my action figures. We'll play with the Keith Millard action figure. We'll go to like, uh, you know, like the, the park would Rob would pick up all the chicks. We'll go to like all the, all the, um, all like the hotspots that from mine and your childhood. That'll be, it'll be like our version of the Seinfeld Kenny Kramer tour. Okay. We uh, might not even Kenny. We might just like, would, haven't you ever wanted to just like commandeer a bus, like rent out a bus? Okay. But then why do we have to go to like, uh, Ramsey Snow's, uh, headquarters of like, uh, it's not Ramsey Snow. <laughs> he's, he's a part of the podcast. He's my oldest friend. We, you go to his dad's office. It's on Long Island. And uh, people like dogs, right? Is this is a pro dog podcast? A oh, very pro dog. You see hundreds of dogs, <laughs> hundreds of dying dogs. Keith, we're gonna get uh, yeah. hate mail for this. No, I pro. I want to go there, and maybe we could see, like, maybe we could save these dogs. I don't everybody, know. Everybody, everybody have to adopt a dog. Yeah, everyone has to adopt a dog. <laughs> you have to, and it's a draft. We'll do it. Like, we love drafts, right? We're a draft mm-hmm. type of podcast. Yes, we'll, we'll do it in conjunction dog with thirty-two draft. fans podcast. Dog draft, dog might draft. Be good. Everyone. It is a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, maybe he'll get us healthy dogs instead of sick dogs. Right. Okay. Uh, he may retire before, before like, uh, we do this in, in the fall. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know if he's going to retire. When, if he hears this, he'll retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good idea, a dog draft. I do like dog draft. I'm not sure necessarily how it would work. Like, you have, like, 10 friends that they all want to get a dog at the same day. So you all go to the, the, the adoption center. All the listeners on the Kenny Kramer tour need to, like, we'll do a, like, all, we'll, you know, it's in, it's in Great Neck. So we'll have a while to drive. It's like a half hour away from, from right. My house. So on the way, we'll have like a lottery thing. Like we'll pick numbers out of a hat. The guy who gets one gets the first dog and yeah. like so on until, you know, I assume there'll be at least me and you just probably two people on the bus, me and you. Yeah. So it'll be, <laughs> I guess you, one of us will get first pick, one of us will get second. But it's, if there was like 40 people. You, you're stuck with the 40th best dog. Like, that yeah. could be a real clunker of a dog. I can't wait to fly back to Los Angeles with the 40th best By the way, dog. The, best con- <laughs> the best content in the history of RHAP would be you bring home another dog. Let's be honest. <laughs> Even as a prank. Like, it would be your wife's face when you walked in the door with that dog. It would be it would be, have 100 million views on YouTube without question in one day. <laughs> Nicole, it's I, the you, 40th best rescue dog that was there in all of Little Neck. Yeah. You should see I mean, what Sean is, Falconer got. <laughs> I think Dan Birkin had a rabbit. It's not even, not even a real dog. Yeah. OK. Chester like scammed the system and like traded the 17th pick for like the 23rd pick and like a squirrel. <laughs> Pet draft. Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the Kramer Merv Griffin show, uh, Newman has joined as sort of like the second banana. Yeah. Newman is a perfect like Andy Richter type. What's the Mm -hmm. guy from Johnny Carson again? I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, he's a he's like built for that role. Mm-hmm. He's perfect there. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they're talking about how the uh, tools need to get flown out from El Paso. Uh, Jerry hasn't gotten to play with the toy collection until he drugged her. Kramer uh, is like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? Like, hey, uh, you're on my set. You can't be talking about uh, these things. Anytime it's a Seinfeld rule. Anytime you get like too blue or too like wild for Kramer, you've crossed the line. <laughs> you've crossed the line yeah <laughs> yeah uh i like that newman is also uh getting on jerry uh he's talking about how uh, that story stunk worse than these chairs 
He asked him if he's married, which is like a weird question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is funny also that we've seen Jerry on like Letterman and Leno. And now like uh, he's being told that his stories aren't good enough for the Kramer Merv Griffin show. Right. The fake show. I do. The, his, his career, like his parents worried about earlier in the season and last season. Right. His career is definitely sliding. OK. Uh, Elaine back at Peterman. Uh, she has an idea for the Sidler. She wants to give him Tic Tacs. It's his breath. It is a really good idea. I, I think there's some truth to it, right? Because he says he has a dead tooth. He says he, she says he has green teeth. So I do think there's probably a mouth problem also. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty good solution. It is a good solution, although uh, he has some canker sores that are a problem. He also calls them cankers, which is even like grosser than canker sores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he has to walk around uh, with the Tic Tacs. Uh, meanwhile... George uh, desperately wants to come back. Uh, He wants to uh, see all the toys as well. So we see Jerry and George and Celia with a box of wine and a huge turkey. Keeve, are you a big believer in the tryptophan and the turkey? I always think, you know, every year Thanksgiving time, you see like the BuzzFeedish articles. I always think it's a myth. Myth. It's just we're not used to having that, you know, much food at one meal so Mm. it's not the turkey so much as like if instead of turkey we had duck or lamb or chicken or meat or anything right pizza we'd as long as you ate the amount you know like you'd still be that full and you'd still you know everyone's uncle would still be passing out you know at at the second quarter of the lions game because they're so full like that's it's not turkey necessarily i if the tryptophan works, it's like the amount of tryptophan you'd need, I think, like the amount of turkey you'd need would be more turkey than most people eat on th- on Thanksgiving. I think. Right. Nobody the rest of the year is eating a turkey sandwich and then uh, like, oh, my God, this uh, turkey sandwich is really hitting me. Yeah. Or even three turkey sandwiches. You wouldn't get tired. Yeah. I was going to say the uh, Subway 12 uh, inch turkey sandwich, but I'm not even sure there's turkey in that. Yeah, that's not real turkey. That's not the same. Come on. That's not the uh, 18-pound turkey that they Yeah, there's here. no tryptophan there. Uh, no. No, it keeps you up. There's probably caffeine in that. Maybe. Maybe. Although I might have a caffeinated turkey. I think we're on to something. That's not a bad idea. Subway, come along as a sponsor. We've got like 10 episodes left. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be all in on that caffeinated turkey 12-inch hero. Listen, they're looking for... They're looking for... Yeah, a new spokesperson. They're, they're looking for a new spokesperson. Guy. Listen, there's... Uh, I, I definitely have weight to lose. Um, you know, I don't think this is the most appropriate episode to bring them on. No, but this episode is over. So maybe for next week, we'll bring them on. Right. Hey, I'm Akiva Winokur. I'm the guy who that I like to podcast and I don't even move. My feet don't even touch the ground most days until I started on the caffeinated turkey kick at Subway. Every day I eat one and I'm so wired up. I walk back for another. It's the greatest thing. <laughs> Yesterday, my Fitbit hit 25 steps. I hit 25 steps. Uh, this fall, I recently adopted a rescue dog. I had the 38th pick in the draft, <laughs> and now I've got to take it for walks every day. And yes. between that and the caffeinated turkey, I'm on my feet constantly. Also, my wife divorced me after the dog was brought home, so now I have to walk to see my kids once a week. So I really get a lot of exercise. And with caffeinated Tic Tacs in my pocket, I'm on the go constantly. Constantly, and everybody right, is coming. Never sneak up on anybody. <laughs> never sneak up on anybody. All right. Uh, so, and, and you don't touch the box of wine either. No, I have never had boxed wine. Yeah. 
I mean, I think the good thing about box wine is that you can sort of just like, uh, if you can like fit it in your refrigerator, it's almost like having like a, you know, a beer on tap, like uh, just like open the refrigerator and like turn the thing and then you have like a chilled wine on demand. Isn't it very cheap wine usually though? Yeah, 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 yeah. Could you have fancy box wine? Mm, I'm not sure what the nicest boxed wine is. I think that sort of like defeats the purpose. Okay. So sort of like you're going for sort of like, um, it, it's like um, there, there's no like fancy, uh, you know, three foot by four foot pizza. Right. You know, it's sort of like, uh, it's like, what's the biggest, cheapest pie we can get? Okay. That totally. one. Totally. Bigfoot. Okay. Got it. Or there's no fancy cup of soup. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, we see soon after um, that uh, Celia will be out once again. Yeah, she's knocked out for the second time. They brought some home movies from George's trip to Michigan. <laughs> yes, uh, which we'll get to see a clip of later on or hear a clip of at least. So meanwhile, with uh, the rest of the core four out of the picture, Newman is telling some stories about how uh, that he took the label off the generic brand of wax beans. He can't even tell the difference uh yeah waxed beans what's waxed beans i don't know i gotta take a look what's a waxed bean i assume it's just beans i assume it's just like canned beans i hope yeah it's some kind of beans uh i'm not sure it looks like the sort of like a yellow type of string beans ew that sounds weird yeah there's um i'm looking at a green beans versus wax beans yeah neither choose option c option c starve okay uh, meanwhile, uh, Kramer is getting frustrated and he says, we need a new format. We need to shut down and retool. He unplugs the set, but then when they come back, they end up having the same exact set. Right. They didn't change the set in the end. He did shut off the lights, but they, they just changed the format. Yeah. They changed the format, but not necessarily, uh, the actual set. All right. So George is back at the veterinarian to see how the squirrel is doing. Uh, the special instruments arrived just in time. George is able to visit now with the squirrel yes he has some special time alone <laughs> half hour with the squirrel yes he has 30 minutes with the squirrel um they told him the doctor says that um okay what time will you be picking him up tomorrow uh you know he has no home uh he has to live with you and uh just make sure he gets his medicine six times a day yeah, and keep his feet up keep his feet up right um i do think that this is pretty funny yeah this is funny okay so we see Jerry and George back at Monk's talking about uh, the squirrel and how it's not a pet. And George is concerned that the squirrel knows he tried to kill the squirrel and that eventually he's going to gnaw his brains out. No, George is woke to the squirrel problem 20 years early. Like, obviously. Yes. That's it's. He, oh, the squirrel knows. Squirrel's going to get you. Okay. Kramer talks about how um, they have uh, a new format going on in the show and they have Jim Fowler, an animal expert, who's going to be on the show. Now, Jim Fowler is a real person? Real person, yes. Okay. Uh, Kramer said he practically raised his kid. It was such a bizarre thing that there's no answer to. (laughs) Yeah. Now, is it... Is there anything with like that Jim Fowler raises wild animals, but Kramer raised his kids? No, there's just I I, there's nothing I couldn't I can't think of anything. I I couldn't find anything. Okay, it's weird. George wants to bring the squirrel to Jim Fowler. Uh, Kramer thinks thinks that's a bad idea because they uh, can't have two animal acts in one show. Right. I do like that. He's like taking it so seriously because it's true. They wouldn't have two animal acts. Okay. All right. Um. We see then Elaine, she pops in. She actually sidles in. Uh, she says that the uh, Tic Tacs 
are working wonders. He's very happy with how that's gone. He's a human maraca. Seems like it was Jerry's idea. Yeah, no, it's a good idea. It was smart. Okay. Um, Elaine is calling the guys out for drugging Celia. Yeah, he calls it a victimless crime, Jerry. Yes. Um, Keeve, do you think that they'd be able to get away with this episode here? I mean, um, nobody in 1997 was sort of woke to the idea of uh, drugging people. Um, mm. Would would this be a show? I, I, I think I could still kind of see it on a primetime show. Here's the thing. I don't think NBC would do it. I don't think the networks would do it. Hmm. I think if a show like South Park or It's Always Sunny did it, but gave a winking nod to Cosby, they could do it. Yeah. Like, and it's always sunny where they, you know, because they essentially have, you know, someone like Dennis Reynolds, who is the, you know, maybe the main character, but also a person who could reasonably date rape in a normal episode. Mm. You know, if you gave a winking nod to like a Cosby spoof, you could get away with it. I think if it was cartoony enough, like I could see uh, like how I met your mother doing something like this. I think five years ago, maybe you could have done it. But I just think because of the Cosby stuff, I think right now there's a moratorium on date rape Mm. jokes. Yeah. Again, I don't think anybody's making a date rape joke. um, But in terms of a drugging a person joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think the network would probably put the kibosh on it for yeah. now. I want to reiterate, I don't think that at any point they're making a joke about date rape here. In no, 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 no. I mean, right. It's not it's not like, uh, listen, Always Sunny would would go probably a lot further than this if they had an episode on now. Mm hmm. Right. So going back to um, Elaine, uh, while she's very hard on the guys, uh, they mentioned the Easy Bake Oven, which does sort of pique her interest. I mean, that was an exciting thing, right? Like for for like little kids when when you were little, like it seemed like it could make anything and it was so cool. Well, we then cut to Celia's apartment. Celia is passed out. Elaine is making cupcakes uh, for George. Right. With 30 year old batter. Mm-hmm. And, and the home movie is on also and uh right, i don't know why they didn't have to shut that off when she's sleeping <laughs> yeah and jerry's asking you know why is your father giving a tour of the rest stop or i guess elaine is asking that and they say oh turn this off this is the part where they change me <laughs> oh george yeah um and they very, say he was like eight yeah very funny to get frank and still in there all right uh meanwhile uh peterman comes in he's on the warpath he hates the tic-tac noises. Uh, he says that it sounds like the Haitian voodoo waddle torch. Oh, them. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and so Elaine needs to shut this down. Uh, so she ends up getting a hold of Lou and says, okay, no more tic-tacs for you. You need to chew gum. Uh, he says, well, I hate gum. Uh, and she says, your teeth are turning green. Uh, and so, you know, he won't use Banaka or anything. He says, there's only one thing. There's a Mickey Mouse gumball machine that they stopped making 20 years ago. This is the only gum he'll chew. Right. What an amazing coincidence. We happen to have some. It's just like, why does Elaine care? Why, why does Elaine care if, if he gets fired? Uh, because Peterman thinks she has the tic-tac. No, I think she's, she's worried she's going to get fired because Peterman is pretty sure that it's her who's making the noise. She, he hears, if Peterman hears... Seidler again, he's going to fire Elaine. That's her. That's her fear. So There's nothing to do with Seidler getting fired. Hey, uh, that, the, that tic-tac noise is driving Mr. Peterman crazy. Stop eating all those tic-tacs. Here's a pack of certs. Yeah. Again, it's, she could have the way out of the situation. Yeah. It's, you know, 
That, there's no show. We could just sing the whole, you know. All right. Uh, so we go back to the Merv Griffin set and uh, we see Jim Fowler with the uh, Falcon. Falcon um, or Hawk? Uh, what's the difference? Uh, I guess, the, well, they're both they're both Atlanta sports teams, but I'm going to say a Hawk. <laughs> All right. And uh, so they're talking about this. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Jerry is uh, being asked by Kramer say, uh, OK, uh, you drugged a woman in order to play with her toys. How do you feel about that? Uh, Jerry is really like owning it, right? Oh, yeah. He's not he's not embarrassed about it at all. Yes. And so. Kramer has a surprise. He pops on Jerry. We have a surprise for you. Come out, Celia. And she comes out and starts yelling. I mean, the yeah. I mean, like, where was Celia hiding? That's my first question. Backstage. I guess. Backstage is like Jerry's apartment. No, Kramer's bed. Um, I I guess. And Kramer says they have a new format. It's called Scandals and Animals. Not so catchy, but I I, but the cons, you know, the the concept is good. Kind of sounds alike. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Celia gets mad. She says, you think you can drug me and play with my toys? You got another thing coming, buddy. Uh, I like Newman gives her a go girl. Uh, Yeah. No, Newman is obviously on Team Celia here. Mm hmm. Uh, Jerry is also, uh, you know, uh, drunk shaming uh, Celia a little bit. He says, well, who drinks a whole box of wine? I mean, you think drunk shaming is the worst thing Jerry does in this episode? <laughs> Probably not. All right. Uh, George comes in with the squirrel and uh, Kramer is mad. He said, we already have another animal act book. Uh, and uh, Jim Fowler is upset because hawks and squirrels don't get along. But Kramer's intrigued about another interesting confrontation. This could be spicy. Uh, you know, this is good TV. This is great content. It'll go viral if they were videotaping it. Yeah, I mean, Richard Bay, if he would have had hawks and squirrels on, he'd still be on the air. Animal fights. I feel like that's something that might have been OK in 97. Now you'd be off the air in one day yes. with animal violence. Bill Clinton would have shut that down. Uh, you think why Bill Clinton was a big animal lover? I know he had Buddy the dog. Well, I think he would prefer if Richard Bay was talking to hawks and squirrels and not Jennifer Flowers. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know? All oh, right. you think Bill shut that down? I think Hillary shut it down. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll, ne- we'll never know. Nobody's asking her about that anymore. Got a little, Richard Bay got a little too close to the truth. Yeah, love you, Richard Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, we end up seeing the uh, episode close with uh, the hawk flying. Great hawk shot flying at George. Yes, great. It's a funny, funny way to end the you know main part of the episode. Yeah. Although I don't like the last line of Kramer uh, saying like over like the freeze frame of George, are we yeah. getting this? Uh, I feel yeah. like it should have been like uh, like something about like, a, hey, we had a deal or something like that. Right. OK. But yeah, first of all, it's unusual for them to talk over the freeze frame also. Right. All right. Uh, then we find out that the whole set was destroyed. Uh, the squirrel kept scurrying and the hawk kept clawing. Yeah, they, they did a good job makeup on George's face. Uh, really a lot of cuts in there. Yeah. Uh, and so Kramer is all done with the uh, talk show. He says it was a grind to fill 10 hours a week. He was not ready to have his own talk show set. 10 hours a day, I think he says. Yeah. 10 hours a day. Um, so uh, we also see George is getting some nut bread for the squirrel. I mean, is that a thing? Is that like know. a real thing? That's what they were getting from monks. They have to bring mm. food home again. I'm not sure why he doesn't break up with Miranda yet. I mean, it's insane at this point. Like he should have. I mean, now I guess he's like he assumes it's all sunk cost. I don't know, but it's crazy. He didn't break up with her yet. Yeah. Uh, and George sees some pigeons out the window. It tells them to laugh it up. He's getting in this car and we have no deal. Finally, uh, we finally we cut back to uh, Celia's house and Elaine is there with Lou and they're giving her more wine and turkey. How much wine and turkey could Celia eat? She must love wine and turkey. 
Yeah, that must be her favorite, that people keep coming over and giving her turkeys. It's crazy. Yes. Like, I, 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 if I had turkey twice a year, that's too much. Turkeys are once a year food. It is November. Do you think this is like a pre-Thanksgiving feast? Uh, they might just be already in the season. I think there might be a lot of turkey in the stores. Yeah, but that's when the turkey's most expensive. Yeah. You, you want to be the guy who goes in, like, January and gets the cheap turkey. Mm-hmm. All right, Keeve. There you go. That's the Merv Griffin show. So lots of fun stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny. They in the inside look, they keep talking about how unrealistic the episode is. And Michael Richards seems pretty indignant about how unrealistic the episode is and talking about the the the, the heyday of your of low of, you know, years past where the show is more realistic. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is more realistic than some of the episodes we've had this season. Yeah. And some of the ones that are to come. I think they might be trying to cover their asses a little bit with like, uh, it's so unrealistic that they would drug a woman. Uh, well, I think that that might be. The- I think they're thinking more of the Merv Griffin and um, like just the like the, the animal attack and right. the saving, you know, the doing surgery on a squirrel. But. There's a lot of like what I would call singles, like, you know, like little, you know, as, instead of home runs, like little things that are slightly unrealistic, but there's nothing as crazy as some of the stuff we've seen in the last 10 episodes. I mean, it's a big thing that we harp on. I feel like we haven't really even touched on that in this episode. No, I yes, a lot these things are unrealistic, but there's no science fiction like we'll see sometimes yeah, like in season nine. We're very sensitive to it, but it's like, OK, well, you know, that compared to like stuff we've had before. Uh, right. And if it's funny, we'll let it slide. And most of the stuff here is really funny okay all right keeve uh do we have a grading scale that we're grading each of uh the core four on here do you have any ideas mm, uh the uh tic tac scale like one tic tac versus four tic tacs yes okay we could do that okay i was thinking like different sized animals like squirrel rabbit dog but i don't <laughs> I like i don't even know what animals well, bigger than what we'll fine four tic-tacs. one to four zero to four tic tacs okay uh jerry how many tic tacs for uh celia and the toys i mean it's a really funny concept the thing about this episode that I, i'll give it uh maybe less so with the elaine storyline but the the george the you know the, the jerry storyline where he like just wants to play with her toys and she won't let and the kramer storyline where he makes his own talk show like a lot of sitcom storylines are just like recycling like a funny idea with us with a new twist but recycling like an old trope these are both very original storylines right mm-hmm. yeah so for and who are we grading here jerry we said um, um yeah yeah so uh, for jerry i will give him uh four tic tacs four tic tacs wow okay uh, I will say three Tic Tacs for uh, for Jerry here. I mean, it's fun. Uh, we don't really know why Jerry needs to be playing with uh, toys. Right. There's no iconic moment on the, on that side of the show. Like, if there's any iconic moment, obviously it's in the Merv Griffin stuff. But right, there's no like one line that maybe everyone remembers. But yes. it is pretty. It's pretty original. And again, it's like the sea story of the episode. Okay. Uh, what about George with the squirrel? Um. You know, like it's it, this is a little unrealistic. And, and the the girl here, Miranda, is a wet blanket. They really don't give her any personality. Um, but it's you know, it's it's funny enough. And it, it, it leads somewhere. Right. Like sometimes we have a storyline that's eh, and it doesn't tie in. Whereas this it very much ties in at the end. Uh, and then like the ultimate tag, right, with Elaine in the same room with, uh, you know, Elaine coming back to Miranda's house with Seidler, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like a real tie in. So I'll give it three, three. Uh, I'll give it four. I mean, I feel like that uh, there's enough there. And, uh, you know, I, I probably three and a half Tic Tacs. Uh, I feel like that some of the stuff in the beginning of the episode uh, with the pigeons uh, isn't as good. But once they get the squirrel involved, I feel like that it's pretty funny. 
Yes. Yeah. And there's like two or three scenes here that could be the, like the rightful solid ending to the episode. Like George being attacked by the squirrel would still be a pretty good ending. Okay. Uh, then Kramer with the Merv Griffin show. I think that to me, this is one of the more iconic Kramer storylines. Absolutely. A force for, you know, such an original thing. Uh, they, you know, they really killed it. Uh, they probably could have stretched it out a few episodes if they wanted to, but there's so much going on. Even though there's only a couple scenes with it, they nailed almost every, every, you know, word of dialogue. I give it four Tic Tacs. All right. Four Tic Tacs for Kramer. And then Elaine with the Sidler. I'll just give that, I think, two. It's, it, it's not up. It's not bad, but it's not up to the standard of the other storylines. Uh, Sidler is a little annoying. He's supposed to be annoying, but, um, it does, I guess it does have a payoff, which some of uh, this type of storyline in most episodes doesn't, right? But here it does. What's the payoff? Uh, at least that he like he also they they go to the house like they get the they get the gum right by going to Celia's house and like they're going to knock her out they're going to get the gum he's not going to make the tic tac noise anymore and they're not going to be in trouble with Peterman isn't that the payoff I guess so I, I want to give this zero tic tacs I really that the side okay. storyline in, in my mind he's annoying yeah I that I really uh, was confusing this and the Rob Schneider character from uh, yeah, see the, that's what I'm saying this is not there's so many original plots in this episode and this feels like a close talker right the sidling up it's a close talker it's a low talker it's it's the trope we've had 30 right. times already. it's an annoying guy i mean we i mean even the molly shannon thing it's like we yeah. have like no we've these, had like three or four super annoying people just in elaine's office that are right kind of it's just here, like right? oh elaine doesn't like a person in the office but mr peterman doesn't see what elaine is seeing like we've had this a lot yeah and so agreed to me it's uh nothing original the uh, i do like uh, i forgot to mention it one of the lines where elaine is uh telling him about the tic tacs like like, uh, she says to him, like, hey, stinky. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So I'll give it one tic tac, but uh, not mm-hmm. uh, a very iconic Elaine storyline. Uh, everybody else is pretty good here. Kramer's iconic. Elaine has a, a very so so week. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You want to guess where I ranked it? I think you have it at uh, 58. No, no, I think there's a better episode than that. I mean, we gave three of the four storylines we, we basically had in the elite, you know, storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got? You know, I I think Top this is 30? probably yeah, it's twenty six. Twenty six. I think this is one of the which is my number. If, you know, if I was ever on a sports team, the this is um, it's maybe not the laugh out loud funniest, but it's one of the most inventive and original episodes of the series. I really, you know, I for a season nine episode, I think this really pulls out the stops. I like it. All right, Keith, let's get into the Merv bag, uh, as you uh, called it. Are you wait? Let me ask you a question while yeah. you get the right thing open. Are you a like a four tab open at one time guy or a hundred tab hundred open? That's ridiculous, Rob. You know this is an anti hoarding podcast. Sorry, sorry. It's not as bad on my laptop as it is on uh, the iMac in the other room. Yeah, I won't say who, but someone who just walked in my room is a hundred tab open at one time person. Oh yeah, I, I could uh, imagine. I don't think my uh, wife has I- ever closed a tab or an application. I'll even close tabs like before I go to sleep. Although if you ever if you're if you have Twitter open Mm -hmm. and it's open for a while, the the um, when you press like refresh, but you have like 2000 new tweets, it doesn't give you all your tweets like the the Twitter web thing has been broken since day one because I don't go on the computer for like 24 hours at a time from Friday night to Saturday night. And there's no way to get all your tweets like it, it's that's why you have to like follow us people. Uh, this is like a very tangential, like nothing related. But Twitter, get your game up. OK. All right. We'll <laughs> see. 
We'll see. Uh, you I think said at this point it's going to be over. You've been standing saying that uh, Twitter is not going to be around in six months. No, and they have like eight people working there. That's why they don't fix anything. Okay. Keeve, all right, we got a lot of mail. Let's dive in. John DeSavera says, uh, one of the few episodes where we never see Jerry's apartment. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. well, I did when he said it. But yeah, it's a good call by Johnny. Okay. I do wonder uh, how many more there are. There are definitely not a lot. Uh, Keeve, what about Kyle? Kyle says, Rob seemed to struggle to get off the phone. This is really talking about last week. He struggled to get off the phone with people when we were talking about it last week. So Kyle's got some advice for you, okay? Okay. When Kyle needs to get off the phone, he says, well, I'll let you go. This makes it seem like it was their idea and they have something to do. I've never been called on it before and I'll do it all the time. I think it's because no one wants to admit they have nothing better to do than talk to you on the phone. Rob, I hope this, this helps. Also, as per your instructions, I've stopped recommending the show to people. Thank oh, thank you, you Kyle. Thank you, we, Kyle. It's uh, hard, you know, diehards only. Uh, what do you think about this? Well, I'll let you go. I think I don't like if it. you're on the phone with idiots, it works. Yeah, that's <laughs> but the problem. I, I think it's patronizing to people. Like, yeah. when, And I get insulted when people say this to me. It's like, uh, like, oh, you'll let me go. Oh, okay, because your time is so much more important than yeah. my time. You're the like, alpha on this I've been call. Tra- yeah, I, I've been trying to get off this call for 20 minutes. You'll yeah. let me go. Oh, okay. Yeah, I... I, I That's why I, I try there not There is to- a scenario. Yeah. You know what it works with? I think with grandparents, they try this. And you, I think we're trained to think that grandparents always want to speak to you. But then you see like the Estelle Costanza thing from a few weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And you think they're also like not really rushing to speak to you and they're getting you off the phone. But that's a grandparent thing. Like, I don't know, like I, I'm sure you've had this, maybe not now, but like 15 years ago or maybe whenever you moved out to L.A., I'm sure you had like a grandparent or an elderly relative say to you, like, I'll let you go. There's a long distance call. Yeah, I think I'm LA. just going to do from now on. I'm just going to do like, uh, all right, I, I, you know, I really got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Who's no, you could do that. Me? Yeah. You could do that. Um, you could also the long distance call was a great excuse for older people. Yeah. My grandfather would be like nervous. He was on the phone with me for more than like three minutes because he thought it would be like, a, you know, like 50 bucks, even after it stopped costing any money. Mm-hmm. You know, the millennials out there don't appreciate that. Like at one point it was expensive to call like non zip code phone numbers. Right. That's right. You're five one six, though, right? Five one six. When you were growing up. Not anymore. No, of course not. But you were five one. You were five one six. So we could have. We could have spoke for free had we known each other. Yeah, if we knew. Back in the day. Okay. Uh, what now, does Lindsay want? Now, Lindsay we, get the, to, now yeah. we get to talk for free. Yeah, from around the world. The, Lindsay, the legendary RHAP podcaster. Yes, uh, did a great job uh, talking with her this week on RHAP. Uh, are you familiar with the Merv Griffin show? Do you have a favorite current talk show host? You know, just one other thing with the talk shows uh, from this episode. Mm. I do think that uh, I like the commentary from the episode where that it used to be sort of like daytime talk was like a successful format and then as uh, attention span sort of shortened and changed, then you needed to move to more trashy fare in terms of uh, yes. daytime talk. So I do like the uh, little story of the uh, talk show there. And then, you know, you still have like trashy stuff, but then you also have stuff like uh, Ellen, uh, which is sort of like, uh, like I think the thing about Merv Griffin, I think. Well, Ellen wasn't on when at this point. Right, Ellen wasn't right. on. But I think that, that Ellen, uh, it, like Merv Griffin, is sort of like the uh nighttime style talk show that's in the daytime i'm not i'm pretty sure that merv griffin was always a daytime talk show 
Right. Also, like Oprah starts getting big and you're never going to like you're just going to be a watered down version of Oprah if you want to do an upbeat inspirational show. Right. Right. So like why even bother playing with that game? And that was that's really an afternoon show. Right. I think that was on in three or four in most markets. But yeah, you're not going to be Oprah. So you may as well go as trashy as possible. Go the other direction. Right. Right. So I think that's the uh, Merv Griffin uh, show format. When I was a, a little kid, I think I remember it like at least like being on or hearing about it. I don't I've never mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what about Sally like, Jesse Raphael I think I mean, she yeah, had I mean, that's sort of like the that that was in like the 90s uh talk boom with mm, uh yeah. you know so a much inferior show to uh yeah. Richard Bay show but yeah there was uh, no uh, the Jeff Probst show same milieu as you know uh the uh uh, I want to say Ricky Williams, but no, uh, what was it? Uh, Ricky, Ricky Lake. Lake. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Lake. Lake. Ricky Lake. Lake was sort of in between. Like yeah. it wasn't as trashy as Springer, but it was, it was, you know, they would dabble yeah, in it. There's a million, and, you know, Montel Williams, Ali Joseph Raphael. Oh, we didn't even hit the big one. Who's the, um, you are not the father Maury. guy. Yeah. Well, Maury used to not be as trashy. No. And then he got really No, trashy. Maury, they must've done one episode where like you are the father and they realized like, oh, this is our thing. They've been doing it for 30 years now. Yeah, like like this became like they were they were like a you know a nice show. They were like more Montel sort of like trying being upbeat. They did one, you are not the father, and they realized it went it sort of went viral before there was mm-hmm. viral video, right? Right. Like the vision of like seeing like a guy dance when he finds that he's not the dad. I mean, if anything, that Maury Povich was the guy they should have got for the pregnancy test commercial of like, hey, like every day I tell people you are not the father and make them very yeah, no, happy. That would be, I think he should do it. I think he's probably just holding out for too much money. They should probably put out Maury Povich pregnancy test. I bet he's I, I bet he's been asked to do that. Although just to be an important distinction, Maury Povich is doing a paternity test, which is not exactly the same as a pregnancy. No, test. it's not. But it's in the ballpark. It's, it's a, in the yeah. same same sort of sphere. you know it's basically you know you get to say you know you are not the father you're you're not the mother what if it, the pregnancy test actually like said like the maury branded things oh like, so you want you some sort of like pregnancy slash paternity test yes or no just like you are not parents or you are going to be parents like it you know it's not paternity it's pregnancy but it's sort of with the maury spin mm-hmm. yeah interesting all right. Uh, Lindsay also wants to know, uh, was there a toy you really wanted as a kid but never got? I actually really wanted the Easy Bake Oven. Uh, one time I accidentally saw one. This is Lindsay speaking, car. not you. Yes, just, yes. To, just to clarify. For yes. the listeners. Uh, it I was heard supposed to be a Christmas yourself. present, so she took it back because she didn't want Christmas to be ruined and she was disappointed. And to this Mrs. day, Wilson. she refuses to believe that it happened because uh, even she thinks it sounds too mean. So That's wild. This so she took Mandela back the present. Effect. Right. Yeah, she took back the present. Right. Because she so yeah, I don't know. This might not be canon, Lindsay. And I feel like for like this birthday or something, you should get you should get the present as like an adult or something. <laughs> that that's pretty brutal. To like get the present and like for you know, for your mom to be so interested in the surprise that it beats like just getting the present. Mm-hmm. I mean it does stink to find out like you find your birthday or Christmas present or something early, like in your parents' closet or something, but you know that's that's pretty rough. It was uh, so. Was there a toy for you? Do yes. you have an equivalent of these? Yes. Oven? Um, I desperately wanted uh, Mister Game Show uh, was the name of a toy, and uh, Mister Game Show. Uh, I guess it was a uh, nineteen eighty six toy that was like this plastic uh, thing that like played like audio cassettes and would host game shows uh, for you. Yeah, that sounds, you know, what? I always wanted like more. I always wanted like sets of cards, but sometimes they were like hundreds of dollars that, that I would say that would be like the one thing I would ask for. And, I, you know, 
like playing cards here here I leave- no, no no sets of of like baseball or basketball cards when i was a kid here, can i play a commercial for mr game show from youtube let's do it okay Want to win big bucks right at home? Well, don't just sit there. Run out and get the most advanced game system in the world. Me, <laughs> Mr. Game Show. Lots of games you pick up so I can put you down. Mr. Game Show from Galoo, the game show you play at home. Although, in hindsight, uh, Mr. Game Show looks pretty creepy. Yeah, I do think uh, you probably dodged a bullet by not getting it. Yeah, I think it was like expensive. I think it was like $100 also or something like that. Yeah. Do you ever have a yak back? No, what's a yak back? It's like you would say up to like seven seconds of audio and it would repeat it. Yeah, that's that's what it was. And it was like very popular. And it was on a lot of commercials and stuff. OK, uh, what about uh, Matt in mass? See, he wants to know if we've if either of us have ever worked with someone who's so silent, they'd sneak up from behind you. Mm, no, I never worked with a sidler. How about you? I, I not a sidler, but I, I like my desk in my office, which, again, is never locked because I don't want my kids to feel like I'm locking them out is. Uh, if it, my back is to the is is to the door, mm-hmm. so if someone sne- if someone comes in quietly, yeah. you know, like my my kids will like burst in and you could hear it. But if my wife is like you know coming in quietly, especially if I have music on or something, I won't I won't hear them. So in theory, like someone could be in my room for an indefinite period of time without me knowing because my back is to them. So that's a little annoying. So when I when I started this, like my wife would come in like, oh, you're never working. Every time I see you're on Twitter, it's like, you know, you do like 40 minutes of work and then you click Twitter for a second. And that's the second she walks in. Mm-hmm. That would always happen. But I, she hasn't said it recently. So I must be working pretty hard. Yeah. I uh, For me, you know, uh, nobody sneaks up on me here because I have a uh, door. Uh, a laser system where someone will like trip. And- yeah. Nobody can get up here because they have to come up the stairs. So, um yeah, I haven't really had uh, co-workers in a long time, so uh, nobody that I can think of. Uh, Craig has a similar question to Lindsay. He wants to know what our favorite toy growing up is. Okay. Or was. Uh, I don't know if I really had a specific toy. I mean, in terms of, like, figures, I had a lot of He-Man figures. Uh, yeah, I liked He-Man, too. I was on. I was big on He-Man. A lot of, Transformers. Yeah, I know. I didn't have the Transformers. I didn't do G.I. Joe, uh, but a lot of He-Man hmm. And uh, a lot of Nintendo, I feel like uh, that was probably... Yeah, I liked sports video games. Everything was sports, even that. So I liked sports video games, and I played... My dad bought me these magnets. Okay. They were... I remember they were a dollar a magnet. It was 75 magnets, because there wasn't expansion yet in MLB, NFL, and, and the NBA. So it was every single team with, like, a magnetic board. So you could, like, put the standings up, and I would make seasons with the magnets... And like that, I was obsessed with them. That was like my favorite toy ever. For like 10 years, I, I probably played with them every single yeah, day. What do you mean you would make seasons? Like it's opening day. Okay, uh, this team won, this team lost. I would incorporate uh, like the video game. So I'd play like, you know, RBI baseball or something. And then, but I would have a season. Even sometimes it would be a fake season. Like before games could have season modes, like Nintendo or Super Nintendo. And, and like if the Mets beat the Reds, I would like make the Mets one and zero and the Reds zero and one or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would track it on my magne- my magnetic board, yeah, with all the teams. Then the problem is there was all this expansion. Like this was even like the Magic and the Timberwolves and all those teams. There must have been like the Marlins and the Rockies came in. So I I, I didn't have the magnets for the new teams. Like we could never find them. So it sort of went out of control. Yeah. Did you ever uh, play Baseball Stars? That was my uh, Nintendo baseball game. A regular Nintendo game? 
I think what was I think I played RBI. Okay. Yeah, baseball stars. They didn't have any of the baseball uh, actual people. They didn't, but you it could, wasn't licensed. It wasn't licensed. Yeah, but what you could do is like you could like make a team with like the name of all of your friends, and then you could sort of like yes, do, like, that was awesome and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I would do that. I remember like once I did that, and maybe with Super Nintendo, when a friend came over and they weren't on my team, and they were very offended. Mm-hmm. It was a twenty-five man team. I didn't even like who has twenty-five friends. You know, not me. it was like yeah, you're like a you're number twenty-six. Sorry, you didn't make yeah, the squad. That was the equivalent of not <laughs> being on the speed dial. Exactly, but but up to twenty-five. Okay, that was pretty bad. All right, uh, Keith, what does Amir have to say? All right, so he says, deal or not, George is obviously not right here. It's incredibly dangerous to swerve in traffic every time you encounter pigeons. That's a ridiculous request. Furthermore, Miranda's insane for how she's dealing with the squirrel. Yeah. She's crazy. She's not sleeping with him. So what is George still dating her? Yeah, there's no, George gives no reason. Like if if there was sort of a relationship going on, like a physical relationship, then George would have a reason to stay. Mm-hmm. But he has there's no incentive for him to stay. So that is like, it's not a major flaw in the episode, but it doesn't totally make sense. We're all on the same page here with this one. Yeah, we're on the same page. He also says the Merv Griffin shows ended in September 86, a, a very great month, and was officially moved uh, 86 and was moved to L.A. in 1970. I assume he means 1990. Why would this set no, be no, in a New York City dumpster? All right. One of, either the first number or the second number is... Amir probably has September 86 on his mind because that's like the last time ever the Mets. Well, were I'm following what you're um, saying. The show ended in 86, but it moved to L.A. in 70. Oh, I see. I'm working backwards. OK, so it was a New York show. It ended in 86 and it it, it did a reverse Fallon or whatever. It mm-hmm. moved. Or reverse so maybe the set Kramer know. had was like the 60s version of the, the original set. set. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Come on, Amir. Think on your toes. Um, why didn't Elaine basically just tell Lou Fileman the truth? That he couldn't carry Tic Tac. I mean, this is our question, yeah. right? She made up a whole lie for no reason. Yeah, this is, listen, there would be no episode. The episode would be two minutes long, and we literally would have been talking about Subway for two more hours okay. or something. It would have been a waste of our time. All right. Then we have, you call him the 99 cent fidget spinner, uh, Chester, Alexander Chester. Mm. Yeah. Your kids have the fidget spinners? Uh, no, that I actually had a fidget cube here, and then my yeah. son said, hey, dad, what is this thing? Can I have it? Uh, I guess so. Mm hmm. So, yeah, but I, there's just like there's the very cheap versions of them that like break immediately. Okay. Like That's what I give my three year old. So, OK, uh, Celia passes out every time she eats some turkey or drinks some wine. This isn't normal behavior for a 30 something year old woman. Shouldn't she see a doctor for this? I Chester's just bragging that he like can intake a lot of alcohol, I guess. Yeah, it is weird, right? That she's like not just like drunk. She's snoring and basically dead. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, could the wine have been drugged? I mean, then why even bother with a giant 18-pound turkey? <laughs> yeah. All right. That's really pulling out of the stops if they did both. Chester says, George has always been an incredible loser, uh, but now we know he wasn't even potty trained at a age seven and a half. Why did Jerry befriend this guy at the first place? Uh, did Jerry also have no friends growing up? Oh, boy. Chester. Yeah, that's right. You know, I don't think he's I don't think he's not potty trained. I think he probably had an accident on the road. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then uh, does it really cost 80 cents to put a squirrel to sleep? Yeah, Chester's a little too excited. I feel like there's some squirrels who are, you know, going to meet their maker in the Upper West Side soon. Right. Upper East Side. Sorry, Chester. Has a squirrel ever been put to sleep? Uh, let's ask. Uh, let's ask Dr. Ed. I'll ask my friend Andrew to ask his dad if he's ever put a squirrel to sleep. <laughs> Anybody's ever put a squirrel to sleep? Okay. Um, it's his homework for next week. All right. And then uh, what did Sean Falconer do? Yeah, so this is just someone remind me in a few weeks because Spike Ferriston, we have hundreds of questions for him. Sean Falconer did a great job. He combed through questions all the way back to the soup Nazi, uh, 
the, the Seinfeld writer, Spike Ferriston's most famous episode. For whatever reason, he uh, Ferriston writes episodes that give us a million questions. So questions like, is the Tyler chicken guy pretending to be a chicken or is he a half chicken? What's going on there? So I think he scraped the data like he's so great at doing, Sean. And, uh, I, you know, I think we should guarantee Sean a top 10 pick at the dog draft sure, for all his work. Sure, that he has a protected pick at the dog draft. There is no way that Sean Falconer is not going to be allowed to bring that dog back on the plane mm, because his wife or his fiance works at a zoo. So she'd be a huge hypocrite if she doesn't let him bring home a sick. Oh, dog. I'm more concerned with people like uh, complaining that you're bringing this sort of like uh, skittish rescue dog that doesn't know. So here's what anything. we have. Right. So, you know, they have these emotional support dogs. Yes. OK, so I'm going to get we're going to get a lawyer from uh, like a letter from a lawyer. I, I have one in mind and he will give us like all the or a doctor. I know a shady lawyer who's married to a not shady doctor. Mm-hmm. And I don't, so I don't know if we need the letter from the lawyer or the doctor. We'll yeah. get the emotional support script or whatever you need for everyone to go back. Because there's going to be a lot of people flying back to like Vancouver with their dogs. You, what's, it's going to end up being like this chin reaction because you're going to see like the Bill Simmonses of the world on Twitter complaining that they're sitting next to the emotional support dogs on the plane. Mm-hmm. And then they get shamed. But so like we're going to be fine. If you have a dog, you're in the right in 2017. But there's going to be a lot of like Twitter shaming involved, like has, you know, Sean Falconer's plane landed yet type stuff. OK, so it's all happening. We're yeah, doing no, it. We got this all planned out. I, the, I'm very excited about the dog draft. I think it's the best idea we've ever had. <laughs> OK. All right. Uh, how do the listeners get involved with the dog draft? I mean, listen, when you know, if and when we announce what we're doing to, to say goodbye to this podcast, uh, we only have 18 episodes left. We'll, uh, you know, we'll announce the terms of the of the of the dog draft, the fake Kenny Kramer tour where we go to Rob's childhood home, mm-hmm. my childhood home, where my mom will immediately kick us out. Um, <laughs> I mean, she might let me kick me out and let yeah. everyone else stay. Well, you know? I mean, the people that bought my parents house will probably kick us out even faster. Oh, OK. So you don't live in your childhood home. So we'll just go from the outside mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll just we'll visit. We'll visit um, your mom's place or your grandma's place or something. Okay. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do the whole, we we got all day. We got nothing to do. Mm -hmm. All right. Why not? Uh, Keith, what's the hashtag today? Do you have anything? I feel like we've got a lot of options, Uh, more options than usual. Yeah. What, what, what do you see so far? Uh, And there's weenie and the angry puppy. (laughs) There, there is, uh, like something Richard Bay related. Yes. Uh, Uh, caffeinated turkey. Caffeinated turkey. Okay. That's fine. Caffeinated turkey. Cause that's one of our, we have a lot of ideas in this episode that we really got to. We have that we have that app idea from before. We're going to be where where we where we uh, lobby to get rid of the nutrition facts on food. And then we make all the money because we got the we got the app ready to go with every every nutrition fact. OK, we got a lot of stuff. All right. Uh, so uh, we have a cup of noodles also. Cup of noodles. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of trending topics from this episode. But we'll go with caffeinated turkey. OK. All right. Uh, there you go. Of course, uh, big thanks to Scott St. Pierre for editing the podcast. And of course, to uh, Mike Moore, who writes the show recap. Keith, what's coming up next week? Next week, we've got the slicer. Oh, get George that caffeinated gets- turkey breast ready to go. <laughs> That's right. George goes to work for Kruger. He sees himself in the back of a picture. Elaine's got Elaine's got some alarm clock problems. And Jerry's dating Pimple Popper, M.D. Is your turkey bringing you down? Do you have those after lunch blues? Well, get rid of those with caffeinated turkey. I love it. I mean, who's to say that like we turkey now might have caffeine? I don't know. Hmm. Does any meat have caffeine in it? Not yet. There is a uh, perky jerky. Uh, I hear Colin Coward talk about that. 
but uh, I don't think there is any lunch. No, meat. I think that's just what he calls his female co-host. No, 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 no. Uh, they have a uh, perky jerky is caffeinated jerky, but I don't think there's any lunch, caffeinated lunch meat. Uh, I mean, really, if you wanted to get American salami going, yeah. caffeinated bologna is really. Yeah, we, we, the truth is we when when like as we're figuring this out, the the bus tour, mm-hmm. I think I want to rent like one of those big yellow school buses. We could probably get one of those. But who's driving it? Kenny Kramer? I'm sure we have a listener who's got a, a bus license or if not, we'll get, you know, Chester is working on the SATs. But after that, I feel like he'll go get his New York City bus driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. So and then he'll he'll get a, it's just like a different test on the you just show up to the, you know, the drivers, whatever. And you take one test and you're I don't even know if it's a separate test. It's just like, I don't know. But you would get one of those. The problem is, I think the bus is going to smell really bad because we have to go over the foods. We're like we're giving a cup of noodles. Mm-hmm. We're also going to have to have like the hot the hot water thing that might end up like spilling if. Chester makes like a really fast right turn or something and going on like Johnny Silvera and gets burned. And then we got to take him to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then and then there's also like we have the American salami, which is kind of a stinky food. Like it's this bus is going to be gross by the end of the day. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm not sure if perky jerky uh, is actually caffeinated. I'm assuming that it was caffeinated because it's called per. Why would it be called perky jerky if it's not? Uh, caffeinated. No, it's just, I, a, it's I just, just in, like a rhyming name. Did I just invent caffeinated jerky? I'm, I, you know, it's weird that caffe- like coffee has the lockdown on caffeine. Like it's weird that if you want to like stay awake, I know you could have caffeinated tea. I guess I do sometimes, but like it's like there should be more foods that give you the same dose of caffeine that coffee does. Okay, uh, so I think that uh, maybe I'm not I'm not losing my mind. Um, I think that that perky jerky. I think was caffeinated, and then they. I think they took the caffeine out of it. That's wild. So, but they didn't. They didn't ditch the name. Didn't ditch the name. So, the USDA had something to say about that. They told Perky a lot Jerky, of times, like, like, aren't they big? The USDA on like your name being accurate. Like, you can't say like I'm the number one. You know podcast or i'm like the number we're the you know yeah you can't you can't have lies in your name well, like that's why it's called i can't believe it's not butter yeah, right the because- usda told perky jerky in 2010 they couldn't uh, advertise guarana and the stimulant was only approved as a flavor hmm. avid- additive not an energy what boost. is that that's bat poop right guarana i'm not sure that's guano you're not a big ace ventura 2 guy no no i'm definitely not no. you never saw ace ventura 2 mm, i definitely saw uh one yeah and we got to watch we got to watch and, Ace Ventura 2 after we're done with Seinfeld. Um anyway, so the uh they stripped Perky Jerky packaging of the key differentiator and they cut down the amount of guarana and then uh the caffeine dropped to around 50 milligrams, then below 20 and then uh they ended up having a different problem. The customers were confused. Yeah, that is confusing. I'm confused right now. We're all confused. So we will have the first caffeinated lunch meat i don't know if we're sell- if we're scaring people away from this or if we're what the selling finale tour the, or the caffeinated the finale lunch tour meat. everything all of our our whole our whole thing you want to be like we're using asleep t- in the middle of the tour no we don't want anyone to be hungry asleep. it's gonna be a really long tour well no one's gonna be able to fall asleep on the way home because we're gonna have 40 <laughs> dogs barking <laughs> yeah the dogs will be. I mean, uh, imagine the untrained dogs. Uh, dog. But imagine, like, once you have that, uh, you know, that lunch meat all over your hands, those dogs will be yeah. coming right up to us. Oh, it's going to be insane. The ride home is going to be nuts. And I was thinking, like, I don't know what you have to do. Let's say we do this in October or November. Like, I don't know what you have to do, like, the week afterwards. 
But I always had this dream when I was a kid. What if we drove everyone home? This is like, are we going to drop people off on the bus? Anyone who lives in North America gets driven home by us. Mm-hmm. It's a long bus ride. They're like, maybe I'll stop in Long Island. But like, you're going back to the West Coast anyway. Mm-hmm. I assume like Vancouver and L.A. are pretty close. I'm not great with geography. Mm-hmm. I, the only thing I know is is that Melbourne and Sydney are one block apart. Yeah. The, the, I, I, but I think this is an idea worth pursuing. I think like driving, go to Lindsay's farm. We'll go to Johnny in Vancouver. We'll hit all the stops. Uh, yeah. Chester hopefully will be in Rikers by then. Like we'll go everywhere and, you know, and we'll drop everyone off. It's not a bad idea. Okay. All right. You never wanted to do a road trip when you were a kid and like go with your friends. And I, I always thought it'd be cool in camp if like summer camp started by like there was one bus and they just pick everyone up. Oh. So there's a kid from Minnesota and they just like start with him and they work their way to the East Coast. It'd be something. It'd be something. Uh, I think at some point we probably want it to end. I mean, listen, like when you get dropped off, it's over and then you're sad and you wait for the next summer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's a good idea. If you started a camp and that was your pitch, like we pick you up no matter where you live on the what bus. Are they, enterprise yeah, rent a car. It like it sucks to be picked up first. But like when I was a kid, I would get picked up for some days. and It would be like school started eight. I get picked up at 650. Tough for me. I'm the first stop on the bus. Yeah. All right. Well, Keith, uh, excellent work yeah. today. Yeah, we'll yeah, we're all over the map. We're all today. over the map. Okay, just like that bus, right? Uh, literally, yes, we will. I'm very excited for this tour. Okay, all right. The Australian people are starting to get annoyed. Also, they're like, they thought we were coming, and we did say we were coming. They're starting to get upset that we're not coming. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, maybe we'll get the Kickstarter going. Maybe Ch- I think Chester said he'll pay for Louise to fly in from Australia. She could represent okay. Australia. <laughs> Thank you, Chester. We appreciate it. Yes, Thank very you. generous of him. All right, uh, uh, Keith, what are you doing on the Thirty Two Fans podcast? I feel like I haven't seen one. The in last a while. episode we did was um, we we did a, a deep dive into SNL. People liked it. It was fun. We we analyzed like the best hosts ever and the most famous and the least famous, the like random I meant hosts. To listen and, to that. Yeah, it was fun. People people liked that, and it was a holiday this week, so between Memorial Day and then a Jewish holiday, so. Chester and I haven't cooked anything up yet. Okay. All right. Well, uh, caffeinated lunch meat is the way to go. All right. uh, Everybody, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.